Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Hey, what is up, you guys? It's so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. It is a it is a beautiful Tuesday morning. Uh, I think uh, it's Monday night right now at ten twenty two p.m. I waited once again to see what other kind of news dropped. This is really turning into just a very weird life. I don't think you guys know the half of it. Someday they'll make a movie about a podcaster who sat at his messy desk at ten twenty two p.m. With a bunch of pop culture stories for your listening ears. How are you guys? Um, uh, let's let's get into it. We we have uh, an amazing episode today. Uh, I don't know if you guys are like me. You know how much I love Instagram. Well, today we have uh, a gentleman named Hayden Cohen. You might know him as Haters on Instagram, H-A-Y-D-E-R-Z. You know this guy. He is awesome. You are going to flipping love him if you do not know. We go into Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, the finale. We go into Summer House. We go all over the map. He tells me his story. It is just a really great conversation. Like I said, I have to thank you guys. I'm having some of the best conversations of my life right now with people. Like This guy, within five minutes of talking to him, I was like, can I be your friend? Like, I thought that. I didn't ask it, but I was like, can I be your friend? Because it's like when you find your tribe. Like, they always say, you know, you always read that. I'm like, you got to find your tribe. You got to find your people. Is it possible I'm finding my people this late in life? Are we all finding each other at the same time? It feels kismet. I don't know what you guys think about it. Uh, Wasn't today's episode, Monday's episode, great with Sophie Ross? That was another one that was just like, man... So good. I could have kept talking with her, but uh, she'll be back on next month. I have a feeling we'll be working together for a long time. Um, A lot of stuff to catch you guys up on. I was waiting for any new Army Hammer stuff to drop. So I got some new updates about that. Um, And uh, yeah, let me start. You know what? I told you guys about my fixation on my 20-pound weighted blanket I got for Christmas from my parents. Yeah, they gave me the gift of a 20-pound weighted blanket. And you know what? I love it. 
I love it. But they also, I got melatonin. See, I have a really hard time sleeping. I don't know if you guys are OG and you've listened to the podcast for the year and a couple months that it's been going, but I used to just, I, I sleep is a very tough thing for me. And it's one of those things, you know what? You know what it is, and this is kind of dark to start this early in the show. You know, I related to John Pringle from the Southern Charm reunion so much when he said he would wake up with such guilt, you know, or he would wake up and be like just kind of, and you, you know, as you get older, there's so many issues and so many problems, and you're thinking about the future that it didn't used to be like this. It's hard to go to sleep, then it's hard to stay asleep, then you wake up, and then you just start to think about the future, and then that's hard when the future is kind of just your four walls because of this darn COVID shit uh, that seems to exist everywhere except for wherever that Super Bowl was. They seem like they're having a great time. Is that in the United States? Do we know? I don't get it. We can do full, we can do stadiums, but I can't go see a concert. Can we, can we get some clarification? I would love to see a play. I would love to see a Broadway show. I, anything at this point, I would love to see like my niece and nephew just dance around. I was like, sing for, sing for your uncle, do it. Um, but no, I, I always get really into my head. I think if you listen to the podcast, you can really tell that. And by the way, Amy, if you're listening, I have an old school listener, Amy, who told me today she's really liking the new daily format, but she kind of uh, misses when I would sound really tired and I would just kind of ramble and be lost. Amy, I feel like this is that moment right now. So really soak this up. (laughs) No. Um, So I've been taking this melatonin and I always kind of, I don't know why I equate melatonin to almost like astrology where I'm like, ah, it's an old wives tale. Melatonin is a placebo. It doesn't mean shit. Um, Sorry if any kids are listening. Um, But it's like the, it's like the crap my parents gave my niece and nephew when they'd stay over and it's like, oh, it would knock the kids out. But I'm like a grown man. So I don't think it's going to do shit for me. You know, I take it. This mother effort has knocked me out solidly every night, which like, so the first couple nights I'm like, whoa, this is like incredible. Look at me grown up with a weighted, (laughs) weighted blanket and melatonin coursing through my veins. And I was like, whatever it is, it works. But then I don't know if you guys are on this melatonin stuff, but what it does for me in particular, and please tell me it does this for you guys as well, is it gives me really, really vivid dreams. And you're like, Ryan, it's great. Dreams like another dimension. Like, no, 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 no. Like at first it was like, oh, cool. But then it's like, you guys, I really, I was like a guy that dreamt every now and then. And now every night without fail, I'm having like the most insane, vivid dreams and I want it to stop. Like, I think I have to go off the melatonin because last night was just too much. Like, I think I had too much of the Army Hammer stories and all this stuff. And I told you yesterday, it's like, I just felt gross going to bed. I had all these images and like all these things that I was like, I mean, my mind was going in 30 different directions. What if he's a serial killer? What if you knew him and you knew like all this shit that your mind goes through. And you just start scaring the crap out of yourself. I don't know if you guys are like into like the like murderinos from my favorite murderer stuff, but I was the same way with uh, the Golden State Killer. Remember they covered that story and then it was made into the book by Patton Oswalt's ex-wife who passed away. Um, and I remember the night they caught the Golden uh, State Killer and it was like three in the morning and I could not fall asleep. I'm messing around on Twitter. All of a sudden I start hearing rumblings. And like, for the love of God, I'm a grown man. And I all of a sudden go, I think the, 
I think the Golden State Killer is in my apartment. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when your mind just, like, goes into this weirdest direction, but you, like, you're looking under the bed, and you're like, there's no way. You're still that same scared kid that has the nightlight. Like, it never leaves you. There's just still moments. Um... So anyways, the melatonin last night, I went to bed. I had the scariest dreams, you guys. I had a horrible dream about my sister, a horrible dream about my best friend, Dusty. And uh, I woke up and I, it was like the worst, I just, you know, when you just, it's like you've seen a ghost and you it just can't shake it all day. That was my day today where it just stayed with me. And I, I, it's like, do I want sleep or do I want, you know, if I, it's like, crap to get the sleep i need to have the really vivid dreams like i don't think i want the really vivid dreams anymore do you guys have any experience with this please call me at 1-800 no no please write in or something give me a voice note i don't know because am i alone in this i'm just really scared that like what is this melatonin doing to me where i'm having this vivid of dreams like at first it was cute and funny and now it's just it's too much you guys it's too too much that's a little something about me <laughs> you guys looking forward to valentine's day has your uh, boyfriend girlfriend husband wife um you know whatever have they have they gotten your valentine's day gifts have you gotten their valentine's day gift what are we doing are we are we happy this year um are we going to be hiding away what are we i you know in any holidays anymore whether it be halloween you just you just got to ride it out you know you just got to ride that sucker out and just like go to bed early whatever it takes there's so much good tv on just knock yourself out not with melatonin but you know what i'm saying Oh my God, you guys, it's Ryan again, of course. Um, I had to, I closed the whole podcast, I did it all, and then I realized I forgot a whole topic I wanted to talk about early in the show. So I, I thought I finished the show, but now I'm back. This is like back to the future, except you guys have no clue. I didn't even need to tell you, but I'm just trying to give you the magic of podcasting. Uh, no, this actually uh, I thought was really cool. And uh, speaking of Valentine's Day, do you guys remember Danielle Peterson from last week? She came on the podcast and she recapped Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and she was awesome. I really just really, really, really liked her. Such a cool person. And uh, if you follow her on Instagram, it's Holla Back Cards, H-O-L-L-A-B-A-C-K-B-A-C-K. C-A-R-D-S, Hollaback Cards, and she is doing a bracket system for uh, Best Romantic Comedy, and I think this is uh, this is really cool. So you guys need to go over there, and then I'm going to talk to her, I think, next week about who won and what the results were, but like the first bracket, it's like... 27 dresses against uh, how to lose a guy in 10 days. On the other side, you got the big uh, sick w w up against crazy rich Asians. Then you got moonstruck up against big fat Greek wedding up against uh, the other side. You've got male runaway bride. That's a tough one, but I think you've got males going to take it. Here's the deal. At the end of the day, I think sleepless in Seattle is the best romantic movie of all time. Am I going to win? Can I influence the vote? Who knows? But I wanted you guys to know because I think you will uh, dig this. You can share it with your friends. I think this is something fun. You know, we can all participate in this, even if we're 
even if we have the love of our lives or we do not. Ooh, Pretty Woman's on here. You know how much I love Pretty Woman, you guys. My Best Friend's Wedding. I mean, for a while, Julia Roberts or Meg Ryan did every romantic comedy known to man. Sandra Bullock got in there, too. And remember, for a split, one bright, shiny moment, even Catherine Heigl got in on the game with 27 dresses. Uh, but, you know, While You Were Sleeping, Never Been Kissed. Oh, my God. I love Never Been Kissed. That is a tough bracket, you guys. Never Been Kissed is going going up against 13 going on 30 and that is just that is unfair that is an unfair one i gotta go never been kissed to me that is a special movie even though i know 13 going on 30 is going to win because i see all of your guys's instagram habits and i see a lot more people posting about 13 going on 30 all the time and i don't see enough people posting about never been kissed with drew barrymore Ooh, this is another one, tough one. Something's Gotta Give against It's Complicated. Those, are both, I believe, are both Nancy Myers movies, so that's very unfair as well. Ooh, this is interesting. You got Bridget Jones' Diary up against Notting Hill, both British. Uh, Serendipity up against My Best Friend's wedding, wedding. Now, I know some people really, really love Serendipity. Some people say it's, you know, one of their favorites, but My Best Friend's Wedding. I mean, you got Cameron Diaz and Julia Roberts. That's like a powerhouse. How do you go up against that? I am personally really curious to see how this all works, but I wanted you guys to know it. I thought this was important enough for me to go back and redo the show. So you better go and vote. You better go and vote. Let's get Batty Nation in here. Vote your heart's content. But I just think this is really cute. Um, you know, in fact, she has a Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, uh, you've got male drawing in there. She's a very talented artist. Uh, so go support her over there. I'll put it in the show notes as well. And uh, okay, back to the show that I already did. Um, a couple of quick hits. That was Britney Spears that you heard. Uh, it was a Daft Punk remix that I found and really great news that, um, that, that the Britney Spears documentary framing Britney Spears that I believe we talk about a little bit in this interview with Hayden, um, it came out and it seems like it's really doing a lot of good. I told you yesterday, a lot of stars came forward with support. Uh, but then today, uh, I saw this, I marked this down to tell you guys, I thought this was really cool. Oh, real quick. Ashley Benson and G. Sleazy broke up after less than a year together, you guys. I'm telling G. Sleazy, his name's G. Easy, I guess, or if you want to call an adult by that name. He's a douchebag. He's like literally my douchebag of the week, G. Easy. I've heard so many douchey stories about this guy. I'm telling you, bad dude. But anyways, they broke up. Who, you know, is anybody crushed out there? Does anybody go like, is anybody like, hey, bud, what's wrong? Uh, you wouldn't understand. No, come on, tell me. Jeezy and Ashley broke up. Ashley who? Ashley Benson. Oh, okay. Like you know what? Does anybody have those conversations? Um, no. So this happened, and I thought this was just really very cool. Uh, Lisa McCarley calls upon 100 plus lawyers for termination of Britney Spears conservatorship. Lisa McCarley, an attorney, has called upon the 100 plus uh, lawyers in Los Angeles. So they are requesting. Uh, more uh, more information about the conservatorship and for it to end. So I think if anything inspires action, that's a positive thing. Also, Britney Spears came back today herself, and she did um, she did a, one of her Instagrams, which you know we've talked about, and they they talked a little bit on the uh, framing Britney Spears 
is, you know, you're like, is this, is this code? What is this? What is she doing? You know? And so I'm going to play this. I don't know if you can hear it, but tell me what you guys think. So she says the moment we've all been waiting for this week <clears throat> and, uh, you know, we're thinking she means the documentary, right? But then she goes to the Super Bowl and then she's like, I don't know which team to root for. Do you go with this? Do you go with that? And then she says, I love sharing. And it's it's that thing where she kind of like her mascara looks a little dark and she's standing in that foyer area and talking directly to the camera. And you can't help but think, especially after that documentary that this is some sort of message. Uh, she also posted today uh, two high heel shoes with glitter on them. And it says, she who leaves a trail of glitter is never forgotten. I think we can all agree Brittany has done that. And then she just posted a shot, a black and white shot of her. And I think it is a mango. It's like a mango emoji. I don't guys, I don't know what that means, but um But damn, I hope she's okay. That documentary, I just, it's like when you see the light in somebody's eyes and you start to see it go out and you can tell that there's a noticeable difference in that documentary. And that's what shook me is like watching all of that footage back to back. So, uh, you know, we're told from sources I read today that she has not read the documentary. She's not seen the documentary, but she knows of it. So, whew, man, I hope she's okay. And, you know, I'm really excited that, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Because some of us fans, we can make muck of things, you know? We can kind of mess up things sometimes. But I think in this case, I think we might, you know, not me personally. I'm not out there protesting for Britney, you know? Not yet. But uh, I think a lot of people in this Free Britney movement actually shone a light on something. And I like the thought of, you know, I keep hearing the sentiment of she gave us so much that we're going to give back. And I heard a lot of kids say that, uh, not just in the documentary, but I've heard that so many years. And I think I'm beginning to kind of understand that fandom for Britney. And I think it's really cool. Uh, Speaking of Britney Spears, I wanted to bring this up really quick just because it involves podcasting and it involves one of my friends and somebody that I really respect as a podcaster. Um, So Troy McKeady, he's been on this podcast before, but he uh, he used to do a podcast called The Smush Room. And now it, it turned into Dunzo, a podcast called Dunzo. And he is just like a pop culture savant. I've, I've talked about I think I talked about him on the show last week. He and especially that kind of time frame of the early 2000s, he knows everything about. And Britney Spears, I think he's done like an 80 part series on Britney Spears. And I've known Troy for years uh, before I was even podcasting like you know, he let me be a guest on his show. I read, he was just, he's just always been just also just a phenomenal guy. But his podcast is a pop culture lover's wet dream. Sorry, kids listening. Uh, but it is. And he is just so he has that mind where it's just little pieces of information that add up to create this huge mosaic of a beautiful pop culture picture. And that just hits all of my pleasure buttons. I don't know if it does for you guys as well. I assume it does. And he you know, posted this and I I took a listen to it 
And I guess there's this other podcast called Even the Rich on Wondery, which Wondery is a huge podcast network. Now, Troy is part of an independent podcasting network uh, that I used to be on. Uh, I did the the Kardashian podcast for uh, Molly McAleer's. I think it's called Solid Listen now. And he does a podcast, Dunzo, for them. And uh, I think that's, you know, has a lot of successful podcasts on that. But it's an independent network. Wondery is a huge network, you know. And this uh, this podcast, I I think, deals in the same kind of pop culture uh, deep dives, you know, where they'll do multi-part series. And they did one on Britney Spears. And they used a lot of his notes, uh, I think. Um, or what he is saying. And they credited a couple other people that were, I think, other podcasts that might be a little more well-known than his, which is just, it's a matter of time before his is very well-known as well. Um, But I think it already is. So, uh, but anyways, they, they gave him like a very, like piddly little credit at the very end over the show credits when the rest of the podcasters, they had made a bigger deal out of in the front. And you know, I'm an independent podcaster. I don't have an independent podcasting network. I don't have anything. So what Troy is saying is directly right. Like people like us, we need that. And it's not like we need the credit and the adulation because believe me, Troy McKitty is not like that at all. He is not out there looking for any kind of like the joy for him is in the talking, is in the recollection, is in these moments that meant so much to all of us. That's the joy in this for him. But I really respect him because he actually stood up for himself, which is something that, you know, we all need to learn. And uh, and I was really proud of him for doing this, but also proud of him because he deserved to stand up for himself. It's not like he has like he he has a great flipping podcast. He has great information. And for these people to take his notes and not properly credit it, that's that's just shitty. You know, we talk about, you know, people stealing memes. We talk about people stealing jokes. We talk about, you know. And uh, so anyways, I think this situation is getting rectified, but I just wanted to call attention to it and just remind everybody that I know you guys are just like the best podcasting listeners and, you know, people that really appreciate what we do, people like Troy, people like me. And just remember is that we do do this for free. You know, Um, I get, you know, I get, uh, I make a little bit of money on the Patreon now, um, uh, so yeah, go join the Patreon. But yeah, I'm starting that the goal is to do this uh, as a full time job. So every little piece like they could have credited him and get, get gave him that spotlight. So people could have found his podcast. It, it would have been the correct thing to do. And uh, but anyways, what I love is that I think a lot of us uh, saw this and are giving him that credit and passing the uh, the gospel of Troy McKeady and the Dunzo podcast around. Uh, so anyways, Troy, always as, you know, the thing is, it's easy to speak up for somebody that's already amazing, you know, like, it's easy. Like, I'm not like, this guy sucks, but let me stand up. No, this guy's great. That's why it's easy to say great things about him, you know. And I think a lot of you guys listening know who he is. Uh, if not, uh, you're already fans of his. You've you've heard him on the podcast. He's been on twice. Just an amazing dude to... Uh, just an amazing dude. Anyway, so I wanted to to say that really quickly. Uh, also on that show note-wise, I do want to thank Maritza Lopez. You guys have heard her name probably countless times, and you will hear her name countless others because speaking of It Takes a Village to do a podcast, uh, she has worked extra hard for me these last couple of weeks with the daily podcast. If you go on my Instagram, you'll see that she has made something each day for these people, like a beautiful image, you know, a high res image of the guest, a really cool background. And she has done this 
so cool, you know, and I try to take care of her, but it's not nearly as much as I would ever want it to be. So um, anything, you know, if you ever need anything uh, graphic design wise, uh, maritza.gif, M-A-R-I-T-Z-A.G-I-F. And I always put that information in the show notes as well. But uh, Maritza, she's just the best and just has turned into be a really good friend of mine. And, and, uh, so thank you, Maritza, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> thank you so, so much. Um, and, uh, I know she probably gets embarrassed when I say this, but if you see those Instagram posts, they're not like, they're not silly memes, but always, and not just mine on other people's hit, hit the like on a podcast post, because usually what Instagram does is they bury it in your feed because the algorithm knows that you're promoting something usually. So they try to hide that because they really want you to pay money to promote stuff. So if you're ever a so bad, it's good baddie, go on there and see the show posts and like them. I mean, also just for my fragile ego, but also to, to just show that there is like, this is a little, this is a little engine that could, you guys, and you guys are part of that engine. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Moving right along. What else do we got before we get into our amazing interview? I can't wait. You guys are going to love this guy. Honestly, you really, you really are. Um, I do want to say, I want to give a huge shout out and I always make fun of this girl. I don't make fun of her. I just make fun of her in the sense that I think the, her, the fandom and, and the hysteria she's created, uh, of course, I'm talking about Jojo Siwa. Uh, I, you know, Jojo Siwa, what are you going to say? Like, she has really crazy hair. She's really happy. Uh, kids love her everywhere. She's a Nickelodeon sensation. Uh, but I've always made fun of her because, remember, you guys, I went to her house. I, well, I didn't go to her house. It just I happened to stumble upon it because my friend lived next to her. And she has two cars with her face all over it, which... We don't even need to talk about it. You know what? What I'm about to say makes up for any, you know, any kind of car having your face on it. I got to say, this is uh, she's a 17-year-old reality star on YouTube sensation. And a couple weeks ago, she, I guess, I don't know, I don't know if you say came out, but she said that she right now was in love with a girl. And kind of with the sentiment of love is love. And uh, today or yesterday, we got uh, her first pics with her girlfriend. And she, the quote was, the most beautiful, perfect person in the world. And uh, the Instagram caption she had with this girl, it says, After being my best friend for over a year, January 8th, 2021, I got to start calling this exceptional human my girlfriend. And since then, I've been the happiest I have ever been. She seriously is the most loving, supportive, happiest, protective, and just the most beautiful, perfect person in the world. And I get to call her mine. Happy one more month, my girl. I love you more and more every day. Wow. I mean, I got to, I mean, hats off, man. Like, I mean, first off, a beautiful thing to write to anybody. And it kind of makes you recollect that feeling you had when you first fell in love with somebody in high school or when you were that age of 17 years old. And like, there's nothing seedy here, nothing dirty. I just, also, I just, the amount of bravery that goes into that when you're such a pop culture sensation, I mean, I cannot tell you how amazing it is for somebody like that to, you know, so many kids out there to show that it is, no. I think it's just, it's extremely amazing, beautiful, courageous, all of that stuff. But also on that, I mean, gee, she's a little pimp. She's like fucking writing these beautiful poems. I'm literally going to steal this. I'm going to steal these words. I mean, like literally, I am going to write this down and give it to somebody because these are just amazing words. And it almost made me tear up a little thing, but I'm a man, so I won't. 
I won't, you guys. Do not eat. I am not tearing up. How dare you? Turn around. Give me a tissue. Give me a tissue. Um, no, I just thought this really touched my heart. I hope it touches your heart as well. And I wanted to, you know, in the spirit of Valentine's Day, I just thought this was so cool. Somebody, you know, because remember that feeling when you're, when you're young and your love and like the love makes you feel invincible. Like it makes you feel like you're better, you know, you're better with this person and this person gives you strength and happiness and you want to take on the world and you're just so happy. You're just so happy to know this other person exists and that you're lucky enough for this other person to like you. I mean, that's just an amazing feeling when you're young, you know, and it's like one of those things that you have to remind yourself of those feelings because they can get beaten out of you sometimes by life and, you know, relationships that have gone bad and stuff. But like this, I gotta say, like, it inspired me. Fucking Jojo Siwa inspired me. I have to walk around knowing that Jojo Siwa inspired me. How do you think I feel? <laughs> so anyways, uh, hats off to Jojo Siwa. I would love to talk to her someday. What a cool, cool person. You know who I don't want to talk to someday is Brandy Mother Effin Glanville. What a tragic, uh, what a tragic mess she is. Just a mess of a person. Last night, you guys, Brandy was up to her old tricks. You could tell she had had a few, probably a 12-pack of whatever cheap wine was at Trader Joe's. Uh, let's see if she deleted. Oh, good. She did. She finally deleted it. Uh, no, no, she didn't actually. It's still here. So last night you could tell she had, you know, more than a few and she started tweeting because sadly, I think that's probably her friends, you know, her phone. And her first tweet was at 1046 PM last night. It says, dear at army hammer, you can have my rib cage, heart, heart, heart. How do you just keep getting hotter and hotter? Hashtag let's BBQ. So that's last night. A lot of us saw that. I thought I was really, I got to tell you, after all that shit, I'd been thinking about army and reading about army and just all that. I was just, I was just like, why do you got to be such a fucking dummy? I'm sorry for the language, but really like, come on. It's like you're not even fun. You know, it's like that thing and it's it's just sad because you're like, oh my God, this Brandy is such a tragic figure, you know, because you just see where the rest of her life is going. Like, right guys, like I'm not trying to be like, she was a great housewife, right? Like totally, I, I agree. But you know, in the reality of the situation, you see where it's headed for her. Like we can all see that. I think we can all agree at least on that where this will probably end up for her. Um, so then today she doubles down, which I love when they double down. She goes, I'm not sorry. I don't take it back. It was a fucking joke. Clearly, I need my rib cage, but maybe he can have one of my kidneys. Get some hobbies. <laughs> so she got it. The haters, you guys. Fuck, give her your brain, Brandy. You're not using it. Um, so she does that today. And then at 1.35 p.m., I, I would say her publicist got to her, but I don't think she can afford one. She said, guys, I did not know the extent of what's being alleged against Army Hammer. I just read he was getting divorced and thought he was hot. No more headline porn for me. I have learned my lesson. She's a flipping liar, you guys. We all know that because in the first tweet, she said, you can have my rib cage. And that was one of the things is that he said he wanted to eat that girl's ribs. So she knew exactly what it was. It's just fake BS. It's like the normal, it's like Kelly Dodds out there going, you go, girl, I love you. You're outspoken. I love it. You're inspiring to me. I love you, says Kelly Dodd. Uh, it really upsets me. Like, it really bothers me because 
you know, the more I read about this crap and the more actually I talk to my women friends and men too, you know, but more, more so women is that women have dealt with some sort of, uh, and trigger warning for women have dealt with some sort of assault, uh, which is, I know this sounds ignorant of me, but up until like five years ago, I was not aware of how much, uh, of how many men have sexually assaulted every, uh, you know, of, uh, most of the women in my life have been sexually assaulted at one point or the other. And that is horrifying. That is horrifying to know that, you know, you start looking around your your male friends and you're like, oh, my God, is there any of them in here? They, it just it's just horrifying. And for somebody like fucking Brandy Glanville. To make any kind of light of that, it, it just dissuades other women from coming forward. It's the same thing with Britney Spears is that we made fun of this poor girl to fucking death. She potentially lost her mind or some something, you know, and I, I you just have to watch that stuff. Uh, it's like the Bill Maher part of it when I was saying, you know, he he was making jokes about it. Like, yeah, you can make certain jokes, but come on, Brandy, don't be a complete dipshit like you've been most of your life. Because the sad part of it is also, you know, she was wasted because let's face it, she has an alcohol problem. She does. I mean, she just does. So I thought that was just really disgusting. I'm sure you guys have saw that as well. The Army Hammer news we did get. Uh, we got a couple things. Uh, Dumois, of course, posted a thing. We were waiting for the article. Uh, we did not get any kind of article, which is, uh, you know, we got one from the LA Time or the LA Magazine, and it was just um, publicists saying what they would do if they were him. And I got to tell you, there's one very powerful publicist, Howard Bragman, I believe. He posted a real dipshit quote saying, oh, he should consider it treating it like a joke like he did. Um, and I just think that was just a real disgusting um, comment from somebody that's really deep in the biz. And you're just like, what are you do you not do you not get how these things work? Uh, Dumas posted um uh, this is what I think happened. Industry insiders heard rumors of a story coming out. He got dropped by his agencies. Insiders assumed the story was the reason why, so must mean if he's got dropped on a Friday, it was coming out Saturday or Sunday. No story. Uh, things to keep in mind. This is a complicated situation. There are a lot of legalities involved. The people who really know what is going on behind the scenes are not the ones talking, so the info being leaked is not exactly accurate. I do think that maybe there are investigations taking place, but it is yet to be seen if they will ever see the light of day. By investigations, we mean stories, articles, more press, etc. I did get one piece of tea sent to me. I'm so sorry. I hate when a grown man says tea, but I did get one piece of tea. Take this as you will. Uh, I do believe that um, potentially his publicist uh, has or his former publicist had been trying to reach him. And I heard he is not taking any calls. That could be true. That could be not, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But that also, you know, if you just stop taking calls, you know, that's another potential reason to be uh, dropped. So I thought that was interesting as well. Uh, here's another thing that was on Dumois earlier. Um, and I talked to Dumois, uh, anyway, uh, never mind. Um, uh, here's a message, anonymous, please. I'd imagine multiple reputable outlets are poking into the Army story. They'll publish online as soon as they're ready, not based on some ideal news cycle schedule. Competitive situation. Rumors always suggest journos, journalists are going wider and putting out calls for confirmation and official statements. Often, rumors are worse than what's published. Seen it happen a million times. Journalists will ask questions about things they 
they don't end up publishing if they're not comfortable with confirmation or sourcing. The situation may get complicated if multiple outlets have multiple bits of the story, but no single journalist has enough of the story to paint a full picture. They'll also have to do their best to get a statement from Army, which might be harder now that his reps have dropped him. But some outlet will probably eventually publish, and other outlets will quickly follow with their exclusive bits and pieces. Remember, it took both the New York Times and the New Yorker to break the Weinstein story, and then a bunch of other outlets to fill in the pieces. Now, you guys do remember the Weinstein story, I'm assuming, and there is a great book called Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrow that I read. And when I say read, I meant listen to the audiobook. Uh, Ronan Farrow, by the way, is horrible at doing accents. That's the only bad part of the book. He does accent work and it's not good. Um, but it is fascinating if you want to see how these stories are pieced together. Because remember, a journalist has to get confirmation on all of these things. And if you have somebody like, say, Harvey Weinstein that was actively spending money fighting against this, paying off people, threatening people, it's like a big business, you know? So this thing, you know, we want this story to come out. This story will come out when it comes out. Uh, obviously, there is some piece of information. Now on to the murder stuff. The Sun says the uh, police department says that Army Hammer is not um, a suspect. Heather McDonald also went uh, on her Instagram, posted something I got sent where she said, just remember also, um, you know, any kind of investigator, you know, police force, they don't have to tell you who's be you know what i'm saying like they could tell army hammer is not being investigated and they could be lying you know they're not going to tip their hat but i'm not saying that's true you know what just it really scared me yesterday though just thinking all about it because there were so many little pieces and our minds are so in you know our minds are so trained to think about you know, we're just so attuned to now uh, murder mysteries and murder documentaries and podcasts and books. And we're, you know, oh, my God, he's good looking like Ted Bundy. And oh, my God, he has knife skills, rope skills. He knows how to barbecue. Oh, my God, he was in the desert during a time of pandemic when nobody was really poking around. Oh, my God, there's skeletal remains. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And it just adds up to something so scary in your mind. And it could be something or it could be nothing. I mean, somebody made the point I was talking to today that, you know, if I told you this end result, you could find a way to get there. You know, usually you'll find a way to get your mind to get there. You know, if if you heard something about me, you'd be like, well, it didn't seem like he, um, you know, hurt uh, small animals. But now that I'm thinking about it, who knows, you know, and that's I mean, what we do know. And that is the most important part of this. What we do know is that he was really, really sick and disgusting to a bunch of women. We do know that he had cheated on his wife multiple times, Elizabeth Chambers, and that is why they are getting a divorce. We do know that for a fact. So we do know that. We do know that Taylor Lorenz, who uh, we talked about on the podcast yesterday, who did the podcast uh, Sophia with an F, I believe. I have not listened to that yet, but she was brave enough to come forward and it was you know, really had a lot of really very specific uh, information that was very scary and alarming and damaging. So even without the murder and stuff, and that's why you think you don't want to blow this up into something that it potentially is not because it kind of discredits the victims, you know, there's a lot of women that will probably have to go through a lot of therapy. Um, the other thing that was pointed out to me today, and I don't know if this means what this means. Uh, my friend Susie said this was um in her Instagram statement, she said, I support any victim of assault or abuse and urge anyone who has experienced this pain to seek the help she or he needs to heal. 
Now, I didn't really kind of pick up on that at all, but she or he. So she included both sexes. I have only heard of female victims. So the he in there, I don't know what that exactly means, if that's just a innocuous, you know, gender thing, or if there is actually a male victim. But I, I, I had not thought about that until my friend had pointed that out. So that is that on that. Whew, you guys getting the willies again. Not going to take my melatonin, though. No way. Um, you guys, are you ready for the main event? Are you ready? Are you ready to laugh now? We got a little serious. Let's get back to laughing because we have a really great guest. Uh, we're going to be starting mid-conversation. The first two minutes are cut off because uh, we were just having a blast and I forgot to hit record on Zoom because I'm what you call a fucking idiot. <laughs> but we didn't miss too much. I believe it's about two minutes. So I'm going to give him an introduction right now that I did uh, on the Zoom that unfortunately is not going to make it. Our guest today, um, his name is Hayden Cohen. You know him as H-A-Y-D-E-R-Z haters. He has 117,000 Instagram followers. Um, Instagram is at its best when you feel like you know the person without knowing them. And when you look at this guy's account, he is, uh, you know, he knows housewives, he knows music, he knows making you laugh, he knows influencers, and you just also at the same time get the sense that he's just a real, honest, genuine, amazing man. And it turns out he is, because I got to talk to him, and you're going to hear that right now. Uh, he made me laugh so much. He had such good observations. Um, so I can't say enough about him. You guys probably know about him. If you're on Instagram, he probably makes you laugh every day. So get ready to get a solid hour plus of him making you laugh on a Tuesday. Uh, please go support whatever he does. Uh, we talk about how he got to start. Like I said, we, 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 we recap uh, the season finale of Salt Lake, but we go through so many moments of the season. We talk a little Southern charm. We talk summer house at the end. It is just one of my one of my favorite conversations. So I think you guys are going to love it too. So without further ado, my new friend, Hayden Cohen. No on Lisa Vanderpump. Are you yes to Vanderpump Rules coming back? I think Vanderpump Rules should come back. I think it needs a reboot very similar to like how OC needs a reboot. I think we need a younger, fresher cast. I want like hungry people who just want to be famous. Like early days Sheena. Like yes. that is the vibe that I want from these people. And like, I'll, ju I'll jump on. Like I want to be famous. Like I am down to go, go to LA and, and join the cast. But like, we need people like that. Like not, I don't care about the family Vanderpump rules. Like I don't want the babies yeah. and that stuff. Like you no, know, nobody girls. needs Muppet babies version of Vanderpump babies or anything <laughs> like that. But like, you're right though. Like there is some, that's what was magical about it is that you had all these people trying to make it in Hollywood. So they had that kind of natural thirst, you know? Yeah. And it, it wasn't the thirst that you get like six seasons into a show where you just want to stay famous. So you're trying mm -hmm. to do everything in your power, but it's that thirst where they haven't had real fame yet like sheena had a couple lines on like a jonas brothers show you know that's <laughs> I what i want i think that that is why salt lake is so magical right now and why the fans love it so much is because this new batch of women we don't know any of them they're all like so like thirsty in their own way to 
to show their storyline, to be the center of attention. And I think that's why the fans are loving it so much. Um, yeah. Because it reminds us of those like early days of like Vanderpump Rules and even the early days of Real Housewives when, you know, we didn't know any of these women and we kind of got like a clean slate with a with a new batch of women. What is your history with the Housewives? When did you, or even with Bravo in general, what, I mean, we'll get to your Instagram in a second, but like, I, I assume you're like me where you were into pop culture at a very young age. Like what was yeah. your story? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I was definitely always been into pop culture and social media and like the intersectionality between the two. I think that um, where how I've grown up, I've grown up with social media. And so I've seen kind of it change from its infancy to what it is now. And I've just been fascinated by like, the reality show like infrastructure and like I'm more so fascinated by like the logistics of reality shows and like the back end of everything but I was really introduced to Bravo uh through Real Housewives of Orange County my mom watched it um from the beginning of it and I was I would watch with her and so I kind of grew up on Housewives I grew up with Vicky Gumbelson like as my oh my god mom. so there's a potential you've learned <laughs> important life lessons from Vicky Gumbelson from the oh, OC of the OG absolutely and that's probably why I'm so messed up <laughs> That's why you always make sure you get a bigger family van when you need it. Exactly. Uh, you, would, would you have kept Don Gunvalson longer in life? Would you have kept him around? I would have. Don Gunvalson is honestly a gem. Do you follow the Don Gunvalson Twitter? Uh, Don Gun, the Gun, Don Gunvalson Twitter has been on the podcast before. And oh, I'm in love with that Twitter account. I'm also in love with Don Gunvalson, the real human. So, yes, I would have kept him around much longer. <laughs> I wonder if Don Gunvalson has actually ever gotten. Uh, ladies because they think it's the Don Gunvalson of Twitter. They're like, you're oh, so funny, that? Don. You're so funny. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so you loved Housewives from an early age. You've loved social media from an early age. Uh, you talked about reality shows. I like that you talked about the, also the intersectionality of it. Is that I noticed like when I watch your stories or other Instagrammers that I really, really love, hmm. I feel like it is a different form of a reality show. Like, I feel like uh, we feel like we know you, you know, like today or uh, you just posted about um, uh, putting on a top sheet on a bed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Which you know, team are you? Which team are you? Are you well, team top sheet or team no top sheet? Uh, I'm team no top sheet. Okay, I am too. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not. Here's the deal. Like, I'm kind of like I'm. I'm in quarantine. I'm not looking like I'm not even looking to put on pants. Like, I'm not That's even it. a top sheet on my body. Like, there's. Um, <laughs> But, you know, it is, but that to me, like you, your opinion on that or your opinion on anything makes me believe I know you. It makes mm -hmm. me believe we're friends. And like, yeah. and by the way, I think you probably are that friendly person to everybody. Mm -hmm. it, how did you start out and how did you find out like that people actually gave a shit yeah, <laughs> about you? No, honestly, it's, it's weird. Cause I kind of stumbled into this. Like I was unemployed after I graduated college, living at my parents' house with my mom and my dad watching Real Housewives, like kind of like a full circle moment. And I was like, I have nothing to do. I don't know what I want to do with my life. I graduated with a degree in communications. And I was like, what the hell do I want to do with communications? You know what I mean? Um, and so my mom was like, you love social media. Talk, you talk about Housewives to me all the time. Just like get on your Instagram and like talk about, you know, the shows you're watching, like post different things. And it kind of just took Your off. mom gave you this idea. Yes, my mom is literally has introduced me to housewives. She gave me this idea. She's she's my queen. So like, yes, she gave she I owe everything to her. Uh, Becky Bailey, you got to get on this. Becky Bailey, my mom will is scared of Instagram. She gets on there just to spy on me and my friends, but she oh never posts. She never she'll she'll and then she likes every one of my posts, even though I know she has no idea what they mean. Yeah, so it's like really supportive. But your mom seems like she gets it, and that's why. Yeah. 
she really gets it. She's like, she was the one that's like, hey, like we have to go outside and like go take some photos for your Instagram. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, mom, we do. You're right. I should be more on top of this than you are. But I like she's so. she's the everyman Chris Jenner in a way. Exactly. My mom is my momager, so she is she is goals. She really put me on to like starting to post on Instagram more regularly, and then it kind of just spiraled from there and really developed into what it is today, which is like. I'm very lucky to. How you know, would you describe it? What it is today? How would you describe it? Um, I mean, like I have like a business today that like yeah. I can could live. I I have a full time job too, but like my Instagram is like a full time job as well for me. So I you know work with brands and do different partnerships. And yeah, clubs. I saw that on your Instagram stories today. Yeah, and um, basically I'm able to you know work with brands that I love and you know connect them with their with my audience. I yeah, guess. it's well, a really cool thing to just like be able to like make money off of like doing what I would normally do. It's yeah. weird. Um, and it's definitely like influencing is like, quote unquote, is like such like a new thing. And I think everyone's still kind of like figuring out what it is. So I'm happy that I'm, you know, kind of able to do that. I guess. Did you just watch that? Uh, I just watched that um, fake famous documentary on HBO. I didn't watch it yet, but I saw that there's like the influencer community is pissed at it well because i don't think it treats the influencer it, i don't think it treats the influencer community um uh, very fairly hmm. and it also picks on uh women a lot in the influencer yeah. community so it really paints it as a very vapid kind of thing which i think mm -hmm. if you're if you're into it you realize that it isn't you realize that this is actually a job um Perfect. but i just thought i thought it was an interesting thing um so uh what would be the I mean, this is like when you're doing something fun, we're all like Instagramming for fun. As my account gets a little bigger, I've noticed like I've never used the insights button oh, because yeah, yeah. because I'm scared of like finding out who unfollowed me. Like, I think it would hurt too much. Do you ever run into pitfalls like that? I do. You know, it cut, it, social media is such like a, a shit storm, really. So like there's times when I like look at it and I'm like looking at my numbers and I try to just like, put it into perspective, I guess, where it's yeah. like, okay. And at the end of the day, like, I'm very lucky that like, I do have another job and like, this is really just fun for me, but like on somebody unfollowing me really doesn't, it doesn't mean much to me. It's kind of like, all right, I'll let the trash take itself out kind of thing. Um, so <laughs> it doesn't really bother me, but I, I mean, I definitely look at the numbers and I'm like, I want to grow and like, I want to be friend, like, yeah, quote unquote friend to more people. But you know, for me, um, I never really did this for the numbers. So it doesn't really matter to me when I see somebody unfollowing me, but Obviously, it's like, what did I do to make them unfollow me? Yeah, I just like every time, every, every time I find out somebody unfollows me, I feel like the Ben Affleck just with a cigarette, like yep. looking out in the distance, like, what did I do? Like the sounds of silence, planes, <laughs> si like, you know, Absolutely. suddenly underneath me. No, um, why. <laughs> uh, you just recently hit 100,000 followers and already you're at 114,000 followers, which I don't know if just time is all blending really rapidly, but it just seems like yesterday you were at a hundred and you're already 114. Yeah, it's crazy. I really, I started posting these things on my reels where I was just like making fun of influencers as like a joke and influencers started sharing that with their audiences being like, this is so funny. And then like, it kind of just like spiraled from there. I, I hit 50 K in December, um, like right before Christmas. Oh my God. And then I, started posting more reels and influencers just started sharing me. I like doubled almost got about to triple like my audience. Wait, Hayden, 50, on. you had 50,000 in December of this, this, this past December, yeah, in December of 2020, I hit 50,000 oh. and oh now I just hit 114 and I'm like, 
I don't know how it's happening, but it's happening and I'm happy with it. And I'm just riding, like I said, I fell into this and I don't even know what to do with it. And it's kind of just like, I sh- like riding this wave and seeing what happens. We need to get your mom to ride this wave too. We need her to like uh, have like a six week program for like, mm-hmm. to like want to be influencers and she could teach right? a program, you know? Um, <laughs> Ellen would be great at that. Uh, okay. So uh, you grew up watching Housewives. You love, what are your favorite, uh, what are your favorite shows to watch uh, Bravo or non-Bravo related? Um, so I talk mostly about Bravo shows on my page, but some of the shows that I watch that I just don't have the time or like the energy to recap are 90 Day Fiance and Married at First Sight. I truly think that they are two of like the most amazing sociology experiments that I've ever seen. Like I yes. am fascinated by the people on them. I follow them all. I'm way too in the loop with like what's going on in their everyday life. Um, so I love those, but then I also love, like I watch every single show that's on Bravo from Summer House to Every Real Housewives. Are, are you even like a, a, a camp getaway backyard envy guy? I watched them. I didn't like them, but I watched <laughs> them. It, it, Bravo is a cult and I'll, I'll you, do whatever they tell me to. Exactly. If you're a fan of Bravo, you need to be a fan of Bravo. You need to watch yeah. things across the board. And guys, if you're if you realize that now, you can go back and correct your mistake. I'm just suddenly getting into uh, married to medicine because oh that God. was a huge yeah. blind spot. And I had so many people reach out and say, "You're an asshole. You need to watch this." And <laughs> it is proving to be a great thing. So we, you guys, there are so many gems out there that you have no idea exist. That, but we need to support our thing because. Uh, I like what you said about 90 day fiance because I'm a 90 day fiance guy too. And I don't cover Mm -hmm. it at all because I always say like, you got to have one for you. Just one where you don't have to like take notes and Mm -hmm. you know, you can just look at it and go, wow, like my life's all right. Watching these guys. You don't think about it. Like I didn't think about it before I did it, but recapping a show, even if it's just quickly, it's still work. Like it's a lot of, you have to put thought into like everything that they're doing when I watched reality TV before I started my Instagram, just as like mindless entertainment. And now it's more like intertwined with my job. So it's like, still, I love it and I'm fascinated by it, but there's some things I just like to keep to myself and yes! kind of enjoy in the moment. Um, and 90 day fiance is that for me as well. Have you, It doesn't sound like you've gotten into the mess that is love after lockup yet. I have not. I, I, is, is it, is it good? Is it worth it? No, it's not good. It's, it's good in the way of like, if you talk about like how, I like you said earlier, like, oh, now I'm kind of more curious how these things are made and stuff. Mm. And Love After Lockup is one of those interesting ones. And it's, I think, produced by the same people that do 90 Day Fiance, but it's like 10 steps below in terms of like, <laughs> it's like real bottom of the barrel, you know? And yeah. you, they're made, it's like the scenes where the people aren't talented enough to act like they're like, you know, like, hey, hey, this scene, you're going to go up and say, I don't want to go back to jail for doing meth. And they can't really, ex- like, they're bad actors. So they're, <laughs> It's like you're watching like bad um, high school theater. Oh, this and, sounds right up my alley. And so like you'll catch like the people that are real people, but you'll catch them kind of smiling throughout the scenes where yeah. they're like, you touched me as a kid. And they're like, it's we. It's just bizarre. It's like, oh my God, no, I need to watch. Where? What is this on? What channel? It's on WeTV. It's WeTV is literally like where... <laughs> <laughs> WeTV, I have to imagine, is produced by hell because oh, it is just... <laughs> Like, and then they have shows that I'm like, what? They're like, Waka Flocka has a reality show on there. Uh, Black China has a reality yeah. show on WeTV. Um, I, I mean, anybody that you're kind of like, where do they go? WeTV is the answer. The Braxton's, the Braxton's, Braxton's yes. yeah, Braxton Family Values. I, my sister loves that show. So that's yes. And they have a passionate fan base. Mm-hmm. But like WeTV even has their own streaming service, but it's not called, it's weird. It's like, 
uh, 90 Day Fiance has like the new Discovery streaming service. Yeah. But WeTV has a streaming service that I've never heard of. It is like, it's like, but it's perfect for WeTV. It's like, of course, you guys would have the one with no production <laughs> budget behind it. Like what we're doing right now is a show on we, we TV. Like I could yeah. sell this footage, you know? <laughs> Honestly, um, I, I've watched a couple we TV shows. They're, they're horribly, they're horrible, but they're good. Yes. You know, yeah. It fills the void. <laughs> it's truly so bad. It's good stuff. Like, yes. um, so this quarantine, what would say, uh, what, what would be your favorite quarantine watch that, or watches this, uh, year? That's hard. I feel like this year has been so long. I actually, I binge watched every, at the very beginning of quarantine, I binge watched every season of Love Island UK. And Love Island, I I tell you, it puts the Bachelor franchise to shame. And I'm a big Bachelor fan. And Love Island is just, it's another world. Hayden, I'm so scared to do, I've never done Love Island. And it's another one that like, everybody says how good it is that I know that it's just more, I know I'm going to love it. Like, do you ever protect yourself from shows where you're like, I I know I'm going to love it so much that I can't do it? Yeah, I feel like I don't like protect myself in the way that like I won't watch it, but I'll hold off on watching it. That's what I was doing with Love Island before, like, because everybody had told me for years, like, you need to watch Love Island, you need to watch Love Island. And I was like, you know what, there's no better time than quarantine right now where I'm in the house for, you know, however long, forever, (laughs) whatever, forever. Forever, yes. I, I can't push this off anymore. And I am so glad that I didn't because it Truly was like music to my ears. <laughs> Best reality show I've watched in a very long time. Not and I also <laughs> we forget that Love is Blind was in quarantine. Did you watch oh Love my is God. Blind? Yeah, of course I did. Yes. Yeah. Love is Blind was another one that I absolutely loved as well. Um, Love is Blind, actually, I knew they were casting for the second season out of Chicago, but I don't know how far they got. But mm-hmm. it would have been the perfect show because they were in already pods. They got yeah, us used to bubble. Um, but man. What was uh? I'm blanking on the name, but what uh? What was it? Was she always had wine teeth? Oh, was it Jessica? Jessica, Jessica the Messica. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I love that show. Yeah, no. Well, that's you know what's going to be sad is when in March we come up on the year anniversary of Tiger King, and that's mm-hmm. when I know, you know, I don't know. That's going to be a solemn day because that's, that's when you really knew a rough, really knew quarantine was happening. Was when oh. everybody was talking about Tiger King. You know, oh, Carol Baskin. Throwback. I wonder if Carol Baskin's going to be doing anything for the year anniversary of <laughs> of her almost getting busted for killing her husband. Yeah, I mean she's probably busy on Dancing with the Stars tours or something. Is it a? I mean, it is crazy. I feel like we are like one stop away from like having like OJ Simpson on Dancing with the Stars or like Army Hammer will eventually now be oh, on. He's going to be stars. on Dancing with the Stars in a couple of years because he's going to have nothing else to do. I mean, like, yeah, his uh, his all his rep dumped him yesterday, which means usually something worse is coming out because all of this other stuff had been out. So oh, I yeah. think something else is about to come out or Dumois says something else is going to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really scared to see that. Uh, the Bachelor, you said, I'm not digging this season. Are you digging this season of The Bachelor? I, I think that The Bachelor really needs, again, another show that needs a reboot or a refresh. Yeah. Um, I think everybody just goes on The Bachelor now to become social media famous. And these girls are like 22 and 21, and they're not ready for marriage. When I was 21, I was blacking out at a bar every night. Like, I wasn't anywhere near ready. That's how you, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. Like, that's how you find yourself. And these (laughs) girls are going on to this show to, quote unquote, get married. But in reality, they're, they're not. And they're just looking for social media followers. And I think that... It really needs a reset where like it's an older demographic. We need like a 35 year old bachelor and like 30 year old women who are more established in who they are and in their careers and in their lives. And 
they just really need to put some more life back into it. Put some life you, in the magazine. You're, you're completely like right. Like as, as an older person watching this show, when like even this past week, they put up like age 22. And I remember yeah. going, you fucking don't know. But like, I'm saying like, maybe if you're like 16 years old watching this show, you'd be like, oh, wow, this is completely real. But if you're older and watching this show and have, have been through relationships or marriages or whatever, you're like, this is not, this is so stupid, you know? funny because my friends and I always say like I remember when I was 16 and I was like I'm gonna be married by the time I'm 25 and have kids when I'm 28 <laughs> I just turned 27 and I like I've never had a boyfriend I'm like yeah this isn't gonna happen for me for a little for, 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 for a long time you know what I mean wait you've never had a boyfriend no can we do some kind of game on your Instagram can we do like a dating game or like uh, have you done that I yet? definitely want to do that like some type of bachelor game on my on my uh we got I mean well I mean I know it's not safe right now but uh um, yeah no but, but when it's love is blind on my yes Instagram. we'll do That'd that be, um <laughs> Okay, so I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours. You are perfect. Um, uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, what have you thought about it up until this point? I have loved every second of it. I mean, I think that it, it came in with like guns a blazing. Like everybody loved it. We were looking for something fresh and unique. And I think it, it does have one of the most diverse casts, um, both like ethnically and um, like religious wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's been really interesting to see, you know, the response from like the Bravo community about it. And I've loved it. I think that the drama has been great. I think it kind of peaked a little bit in the beginning, then had like a little bit of a plateau with like the middle episodes and then kind of peaked again at the end. Yeah. Um, I think it just got a little stale in the middle, but the season finale, I loved it. I thought it was so good. Um, I do miss Mary Cosby. I don't know where she disappeared to, um, but you know, I need her more in my life. You know what's great about Mary Cosby though? I was like, I wrote the same thing down. I'm just like, she'll just pop up. And even like, it's it's just so weird how they like how they're using her or not using her. But even when they do use her, even for just little cutaway shots, it just works. Like I could watch her read the phone book and it would be like, she would make it entertaining. I'm not saying that she's healthy in any sort of way, oh, but no. I'm saying she is magical on the TV. I mean, even she really is even a quick cutaway shot of, of, of uh, Rosemary and Jesus dancing in heaven <laughs> with the painting at her faith church temple. I'm like, who puts up, like even the paintings yeah. are fascinating. Her walking into her, her, uh, church and just telling that guy that he needed to go on a diet like I was dying laughing he's like drink, she's like hey, drink you need more to drink water <laughs> and I'm literally sitting there and I'm like all right I'll take this two minute segment of Mary for in every episode I'm fine with it and she can still be a full-time housewife well that's what I mean like but I was like why don't we streamline it a little bit if we're gonna do this let's like just not even let, let's have her watch the episode or what and then have her do like a two-minute recap of the previous week in the beginning like Mary's yeah. corner and be like <laughs> Well, you know, Jen is pulling some hell bullshit this week, you know? Basically just making Mary, like, the narrator, like they do in Southern Charm, how they have that narrator. Like, yes. let's make Mary the narrator of Salt Lake City. Uh, speaking of Southern Charm, Cameron used to be an amazing narrator. Craig does not hold a candle to Cameron's narration. Craig's like, hey, no. and you know it's crazy down here in the South. Like, he can't, he has, it's weird. He just can't you can do tell it. tell Craig is straight up reading off of, you know, his Word document. That and that he's not a strong reader, you can tell. <laughs> He's just good looking and a pillow prince. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, who are your favorite characters on Salt Lake? Salt Lake. So I love. Besides I do Mary, Jen, Jen Shaw, 
I know a lot of people think that she kind of like is a, as a star that like burned a little too bright and is kind of like losing her steam. I think she's going to come back for season two and be great. Oh, and hell yeah. Having seen herself and be like, okay, I need to tone it back. I think that the real like unsung heroes of the show though are Whitney and Heather. Um, I love them. I think they're a dynamic duo. They remind me of like a Sonia and Ramona vibe. Yes! I feel like they are re- And I love that they're cousins too. Like the family tie family I've always said in Bravo makes the best television look at new jersey you know it, it just it works and um i think whitney and heather are probably my other two favorites as well who are your uh, favorites? Uh, whitney and heather whitney and heather yeah. but i but i will say i would not make any changes from the casting mm-hmm. I, I i want a second season and in fact you said you know it dipped a little bit in the the middle of the season but it's like still this first season people don't recognize Usually housewives show first season aren't nearly as strong as this. Nearly. Oh, totally. No. Like the fact looking back at like Dallas, I think what was the last one? Dallas and Potomac, the first seasons were nowhere near what this first season was. I mean, this felt really uh just well, uh the oil, the wheels were just well oiled, everything was working together. Uh, even in it's like even the Mary Cosby thing, you need those kind of weird things where we can be like, why isn't she in every scene? I think those kind of comments fuel those shows as much as like scenes with all the women. Like I like yeah. that we have something that's like a little off. Um uh, I what it Meredith and Lisa even like even, Meredith I started off really liking really didn't like her towards the middle started liking her again at the uh, in and the you know face masks the beaded mm-hmm. mask like, iconic <laughs> um, but even them I started really liking uh, I even like Lisa towards the end but Whitney and Heather to me are the heart and soul of the show. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see if there's any kind of fall from grace on that with like, you know, don't you ever get worried like second season housewives start believing their own press? Oh, you know, totally. And- that I hope that that doesn't happen with them. I think I, the, the real reason I love Heather so much is that she was like such a fan of the housewives before. If you follow her on social yeah, media, yeah, yeah. you know that she like was a, a part of like the Bravo fandom. Like we are. Yeah. And so it would be like, if one of us got cast on like a real, on a Bravo show, we would be like freaking out. And I think that Heather was like, isn't going to like change from that. I hope she doesn't. Whitney, I could potentially see like straying a little bit. Um, I don't know though. I'm excited to see like their growth as like the, you know, franchise develops. I think that they could use the addition of like maybe one friend of, or one other full-time housewife, but and not with, not Whitney's doofy friend that we saw a oh, couple of times. No, 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 no. Um, definitely not her, but I think that the addition of somebody would be helpful for a season two, just to like, keep everybody on their toes. Um, yeah. Uh, Heather actually, uh, Heather follows me and I always get nervous. She's going to unfollow me. She's one of those ones. Like I keep <laughs> checking all the time, but you're right about the Bravo fandom. Like in the middle of the night, Heather will be liking my like Bravo posts about Jax and stuff. Yeah. Like she'll like other show posts that I do. Like, and you can tell she really does dig I the intricacies. I love that Heather and um, Alec, is it Alex from Below Deck? Yeah. They, they've like, got a little Alex romance. They have this little like romance that they're doing. Like I, I want that to, to flourish in, in Salt Lake City season two. Wouldn't like, it be great if Alex from Below Deck actually is in the second season of Salt Lake? Right? Let's bring him on as a house husband. Oh, my God. So you mess around with Below Deck, too, then, right? Yes, I love Below Deck. I like Below Deck Med this season way more than I liked Below Deck. Or And Below yeah. Deck has two more episodes, but I just, I thought Med, like, my, my passion of disliking Sandy and Malia together really fueled me. Oh, God, don't even get me started on that. I keep, like, that is just a whole other thing. I'll have to come on for another episode. For yeah. That, so- that, that just, like, <laughs> pissed me off. Like, and, they're, and they're back for next season, both of them. Oh, 
I yeah. know that's what bothers me so much because I love Hannah and I know she like was look was like waiting for an out, but I just I can't imagine it without Hannah. Like I'm I'm very interested to see who like the Chiefs do will be that they bring in, um, and like what they will. Yeah. And we lost, you know, we lost, uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, sometimes when I'm running errands, I'll picture captain Sandy behind me, like telling me (laughs) what I'm doing wrong, you know? Um, okay. So we had an hour and a half episode this week of the season finale did not need to be an hour and a half at all. Had no idea why they made it an hour and a half. And it led to weird moments like the beginning where they do this weird montage of like black and white of like the ladies of like Heather cooking and then hearing a voiceover of like, uh, things from the past. It was like a weird decision. It was so odd. I don't know why they did it. It like they were trying. They were trying too hard. The producers were just trying too hard. But it was and- like this isn't like a foreign film. Like what are you no. doing? <laughs> Literally, I was I was very confused as to why it was an hour and a half as well. It just didn't need to be. I thought they could have stuck with the hour. And for me too, I don't know if it is on the West Coast, but it's on at 10 p.m. here. And like, I'm a grandfather. Like I would like to go to bed <laughs> and I stay up to watch it in real time just because I feel like I need to. And it just, I I didn't need to stay up till 1130 that night. <laughs> Wait, Hayden, are you, a, are you a Fresh Wolf guy? I feel like you might be a Fresh Wolf. Oh, for sure. I love Fresh Wolf. Yeah, of course. I mean, I like, I, I, I was considering buying Fresh yeah, Wolf just no, to I, buy Fresh I, Wolf. I, in it. I would definitely let Lisa send me some if she's interested. Hey, I, don't Lisa. Know if I don't know if I'll fund their their business, but like I would promote it if they gave it to me for free. Can we touch it, Lisa, please? Yeah, um, Lisa. <laughs> uh, but like I like they're doing this huge montage. It feels like it lasts for like 10 minutes where they're showing like mountain vista, vistas. Yeah. Uh, they're doing like each one of the ladies. Uh, it's just weird. And it all like leads up to um that uh Meredith meets Jen Shaw at a bar. Mm-hmm. Uh no, no, sorry. Uh Lisa meets Jen Shaw at a yeah. bar. Lisa walks in, orders a soda water and lime. Jen walks in, she needs a vodka. Uh, and Lisa's just like, that was a lot on the trip, you know? And Jen says, girl, I like girls always I that girl saying girl is like, oh, I, I I'm fascinated with girls going girl. Like I like I really <laughs> I fascinated. Think, I think Jen um has her like finger on the pulse of like what's trendy right now. I think she's trying to like beat that into everybody that she like is wicked trendy and just knows everything that's going on. And I think she's that she's like like girl. She likes to tap into her gay audience and be like, hey girl, like girl, girl. And I'm like, hey Jen, we get it. Like you're trendy, you're cool. Um, it also is endearing. I love her again, but I think that that's really where that comes from. But <laughs> we can never, can we do, is, is that even a thing yet where I go, guy, you know what I'm talking about here. Yeah, right? like guy. what? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Jen, uh, Lisa lets us know, this is kind of an interesting piece of information. On the last day of Vegas, she was leaving and she bumped into Jen Shaw in an elevator in a beautiful Gucci tracksuit, And Jen just bursts into tears. And then Lisa said that that's what led to this meeting because she felt bad. Yeah. Um, this whole meeting was weird though, because it was another thing where Lisa was telling Jen, Jen didn't really seem to be taking anything in of like, well, you know, I just, I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't, you know, it it, like, she just doesn't seem to know how to take any kind of responsibility. Yeah, she really doesn't. And she doesn't just, she just doesn't have like the self-awareness to like know how she's looking. And that's kind of why, like, like why I said that I think looking back on season one, when she's watching it, she'll in season two, she'll change a lot of different things just because obviously you're going to change when you look at yourself on TV. So I think it's interesting to see that she like literally has no self-awareness whatsoever in the scene with Lisa, where she's talking about like what she was doing and how she came across because um, she looked crazy. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, I mean, that's, and that's, uh, well, she even, but I, I'm worried about her not like, cause it's like been a year since they filmed this. And I'm like, she did an IG live with Sharif last week where she was like still not accepting any responsibility and mm. kind of almost equating like bringing like black lives matter, like into this and like, mm-hmm. like, Oh, this is like, you know, somebody stepping on my neck. And like, I was just like, Whoa, you still, I mean, like, I guess that's like sometimes the most successful people are the people that never admit defeat, you know, it's just yeah. weird. I mean, I know, so it'll be interesting. Um, uh, so we cut to, so this basically nothing happens in this scene except that they're talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut to uh, the, the schmoopy love couple, Meredith and Seth. Meredith is sexually cutting a bowl of bananas. And <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I did this. She's, I did this for you. She's always just, I did this for you. And Seth says, Seth says, I love the new Meredith that cuts bananas. Like I love the new Meredith. And he, and she's like, you are what you eat. I don't even know. This is like, it's like two people trying to be sexy with each other that like are not sexy at all with each other. It was was a scene that wasn't necessary. It's one of the, the things we could have cut out from the episode. I think they were just trying to like, tie up loose ends with like the beginning of the season, starting with them, not like seeing eye to eye and their separation in the middle. And then they were trying to like tie it up with a ribbon kind of at the end being like, they're back together and they're happy. And it's like, okay, like we get it. They're happy, but we didn't need to see them cutting bananas. No. Like I imagine the producers were like, well, we're making an hour and a half. Let's throw back the banana scene in there, you know? (laughs) And we even got a flashback of the most annoying. Like I think Seth is annoying as all anything. I know a lot of girls are thirsting over him for some reason, but he goes, he kept saying Canton, Ohio, my, my business in Canton, we got to move to Canton. <laughs> and like, he just comes off super like, does Seth, does Seth do it for you? No, 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 definitely not. I, I'm much more a coach Shaw fan than I am uh, of Seth. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I could have done without that whole scene. I really could have done without like most of Meredith's like personal scenes. I feel like, like <laughs> I, I, I didn't really care for Brooks's fashion empire, quote unquote, throughout the season. I, I, I loved her saying like, I'm disengaging. Like, I think that that was an iconic housewives moment. You can use it twice. I give you two times. Yeah. If then you, you keep using it. No, you, she should get charged. Like I don't watch sports, but I hear in the NFL, you have to pay penalty fees. If she keeps <laughs> using it, she should have to pay $5,000 per disengagement. You know, I think she's going to keep using it. I think it's going to be her thing. I honestly wouldn't be shocked if Brooks next line of clothes was like, a disengaging themed stuff. <laughs> I mean, he has his name on his, his track suits. Like he probably doesn't have that much more creativity in him. So he's just going to run to the disengaging. Yeah, what, or he's going to be like, you know, what if I put my name and my phone number, uh, <laughs> put that on there as well. How I can already call it, you know, I bet so many Bravo fans are going to go as Brooks for Halloween this year. Oh, I, for I, sure. I bet his, his uh, track suits are going to fly off the, the shelves come like September, August of, of next year. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we go to the new scene. We go to Whitney and Steve, her father. Uh, what have been your thoughts about her father this season? Well, I can't talk about her father without mentioning his hair and him being a hairstylist. It's yeah. just, it's crazy to me because like he should have a little bit more self-awareness while we're speaking of self-awareness to, to have a better haircut. It's just, it's really bad. Um, other than that, I find it, re- I've, I've really enjoyed like watching them kind of grow together and re- Whitney reconnect her family um, I think it's a really like powerful message and it kind of brings it all back home with like Bravo, how it's like, it is meant for entertainment, but these all are, these are also real people. So, um, it's kind of good to have that, that like sensibility and like realness yeah. to it. 
I think this has been one of the most effective scenes, like showing an actual real life scenario that's actually at the same time, there are humorous parts like his hair that we can laugh about. Yeah. But I do get worried that I know they aren't talking or we find that out at the reunion. And that really like makes me nervous because you're like, damn, like this, I know this is a real scenario. Like yeah. I know how much you see, you know, you see Whitney's heart in all of this, but I love that like uh, to his credit, he, you know, he's auditioning for a salon at a hair school or something. And he has to perform for a group of ladies to show them how to cut a hair and he's like <laughs> i like seeing he's like hey you guys all know we do this four ways you know there's four <laughs> ways we can do this right ladies you come on up here he's he's really you can tell he, he he's confident at what he does and i love that yeah, yeah totally i agree i'm i'm hopeful that they will like reconnect i don't know like the logistics of them you know having their fight or what what happened with the show and whatnot. But I saw that on the reunion preview and was like, no, like I'm rooting for them. I want them to be good. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And also just Whitney is an assassin. Whitney is a silent assassin. You don't see her coming. Her baby voice can sometimes confuse you, but do make no mistake. She knows what she's doing, but in a great way, you know? Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, We go to the next scene. Heather is at a spa. Meredith slinks in uh in a, a blue pantsuit and this is just a basic conversation to let us know heather is working on the big spa premiere that she's finally finished and also the scene that lets you know they're talking about jen and vegas i always love those housewife scenes where they just went on a trip and now production needs a scene of like um hey let's do a scene where you're like wasn't that crazy in vegas yeah and they always pair the most random people together yes. They put them, like Heather and Meredith, like, do they even have a relationship? No. Like, they don't at all. So they're just like, oh, let's plop them together and have them talk about this. I, I, I notice that on every season, like, uh, throughout the, like, Housewives history, that they just put these random two people together and they're like, you go talk about the trip that you just happened. Yeah, that trope and the other one, and this is what happens when you get a lot of people that are paying this close attention to shows over a decade, <laughs> is that we start picking up on the little tricks. The other thing I love is, and they they did this in Summer House this week, is they schedule entries. Mm-hmm. Like, I do not believe the Luke Sierra thing. Like, I know they told oh, Luke, no. you are not coming till a day later. We are scheduled, like, you know, like they do these things for maximum, like, effectiveness when they put them in, into the scene, you know? Yeah. Totally. I don't, I agree with you on the summer house thing. I don't buy that Luke was getting extra testing and extra screening. To get yeah. Him. I was really worried. So I'm going to get some extra testing here in the woods of Minnesota, you know? Like, no, that wasn't happening. Um, Heather lets us know in this scene that uh, Jen Shaw might be invited to the party. She doesn't know because she's still really hurt. But also Jen Shaw has been a huge client of Beauty Lab. <laughs> <laughs> so she has to go. And yeah, also, we know as the, the the viewer that it's the finale. So everybody has to go. Yeah. Like, it's not a big shock. Like we know that Jen Shaw is going. We know that Mary's going. It's it's Everyone has to be there. It's part of their job. How much would you love for the fourth wall to break? Would you be accepting of... Heather going, well, uh, we're shooting the finale. So Jen has to be there. Like, would you, yeah, I would love, I would honestly love that. I would appreciate yeah. it. Teresa in the last season of Jersey, Jersey, like looked at the production and was like, they're not good. You're not going to air this. Right. And then she storms off. Like I was screaming watching that. I was like, this is epic. Like even when in Atlanta, when, um, Cynthia and Kenya were talking about her wedding and Cynthia was like, let me just break it down. Like, I don't need to get married for this show. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, this is amazing. Yes, like I love, I love, love, love this. Also, I'm so excited Jersey's coming back in a couple weeks and they had one of the darkest uh, scenes last week that I still think of, last season that I still think about was when Joe and her were in Italy in that room and Joe was like, can I stay over here? And mm-hmm. Teresa was like, 
no, Joe, you know, I got the daughter, you know, and it was like you saw Joe Giudice realize that she was gone. Yeah. And it was like one of the saddest scenes I've ever seen in Housewives history. Oh, man, um, I agree. So good. Uh, so- the next scene, uh, we have Fresh Wolf time. Uh, Lisa <laughs> has brought her boys in. John, her husband, comes in with like four huge Diet Coke big gulps, which is like, is just like, I love their addiction to fast food and and soda. I, I love that. That's yeah, me. I do too. I mean, that's my that's right up my alley. Like McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, all day, every day. It is interesting though for Lisa Barlow of somebody that's so uh, fancy and pretty and beautiful and a lot of that that she's. Uh, potentially puts the same gutter stuff in their bodies that we do. So I guess that's a relatable <laughs> she queen. Gives me, she gives me like Heather Dubrow vibes and that she's like, has like a little bit of like a fancy pants air to her. Yeah. Uh, but that, but I love that she then drives through Sonic in her like Porsche and is like, I need four Diet Cokes. And it's like, I just, I love that about her. That's a, a th- another thing that just makes it so relatable and why I think Salt Lake City has been so successful. And then I love that her son, Jack, like even at one point was like, yeah, mom. And she's like, can I cook you something? He's like, no, I don't want a microwave hot dog. Thanks, yeah. mom. You know? <laughs> uh, but basically, I love this. I wish your mom is like Lisa Barlow, obviously, pushing, pushing you to achieve your dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish my parents were more like, I want. I wish I would have done a line of beauty products when I was nine. Like, that would have been amazing. Like, I feel so gypped out of parents, even though they're great. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by how in Salt Lake, like, all of their children are doing the businesses. Like, I, yes. like, they have Brooks and they have um, Fresh Wolf. Like I'm, I'm just very interested to see like well, whose ch- child next is going to come up with like a, a random business idea. I wonder if Lisa found out she was getting on the show and that same day was like, "Kids, you're making a product today." Yeah, right. We are going to be selling something this season. But Jack, the uh, the older boy, has to pitch to her uh, her working friend Sydney. Uh, you know her other boy Henry cannot uh, stand still. He's you know he's just a really cute kid. He's a kid. He's just like playing with markers. Lisa has to keep like quieting him and like making him still. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cute. Next scene, we go to the Pièce de Résistance. Mary at Faith Temple. Um, <laughs> of course, Mary. Cannot shoot with anybody else in the cast. So we get a Mary coming to, you know, she is the head lady at this church. We go into Faith Temple. Like I said earlier, we immediately get hit with that painting of Rosemary Cosby and Jesus, which that alone is amazing. But the troll of the editors putting up on the Chiron, Rosemary Cosby and Jesus. Oh, like, I it, love the editors when they are that shady. Like, it, it just brings me so much joy. Like, you know, they didn't have to do that. I mean, but it's iconic that they did, you know? Yeah, exactly. And like, does Jesus have to approve this? Like, they use his name, his image, <laughs> like... Sign something, and yeah, <laughs> <what's signing? laughs> And you're right. Mary gets in there and takes... There's a whole choir there, takes charge immediately, you know, fat shame somebody out of the gay. Why are you gaining weight? Eat right, drink water, please. Uh, but the thing is, all of these people, this is like the first sign of what I would imagine to be a cult. They're all looking at her like, yes, yes. Like, like they're clapping her on yes. as she walked in. She, it's, it literally was like like a celebrity was walking into their presence and they were all just screaming for her. I was like, what is going on here? It was so it, odd. It's, it, it's, I would love to walk into rooms like this, but she's like, she's like being a first lady, you lead by example. Being a choir director, you just hear people sing at you. And, uh, <laughs> 
you know, this is it's just so weird. She's like screaming, she's crying, uh, she's making, but she's also complaining about people's voices sounding rusty when Mary has one of the rustiest, croakiest yeah. voices that I've ever like when she <laughs> preaches, it's like it's like it's a shrill, you know? Yeah, and she was doing that while her wig was like sideways. It was like Karen <laughs> Huger energy. I was like, what is going on here, Mary? Like you are not in the position to judge anybody for anything right now, yet you're coming in telling somebody that they're fat, telling another person that they can't sing, <laughs> and then just like exiting. Like, what is this scene? And then she's screaming and crying, you was lost. You was once lost. And it's just, I mean, it's like, you're so, we're so privileged and lucky to get to see this. She has a little bit. I was watching all those Wendy Williams documentary and Lifetime movie last week. Like Wendy Williams has this vibe sometimes of like, I don't even think Wendy Williams knows what's going to come out of her mouth half the time. Mm -hmm. And I think Mary has that same kind of vibe of just like, I don't know what's going to come out, but it's going to be yeah. great. You know, I think, and that's what makes her like reality TV gold is because you never know what's going to come out of her mouth. It's, it's kind of like, I love that you referenced Wendy Williams too, because I, I was thinking the same thing. They do have like a similar energy where you really don't know like what's coming out of their mouth, what they're going to say, like who they really are at the end of the day and like what they're really about. Like I, I love, I knew, found out so much about Mary this season, but I also still know nothing. Yes. You know yes. I mean? Yes. The best people are like that. We're like, even that lifetime movie, like of Wendy Williams last week, I was like, I think I saw what they thought. She thinks is her life. I have no idea. It's like very. Yeah. I mean, Lifetime doesn't do really in depth movies, anyways. But uh, I imagine like Mary Cosby and Wendy Williams, like they go to sleep at night and going like, "Whoop, got through another day." Fooled them, <laughs> you know? Like, like let's see what tomorrow brings. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, next scene we have Sharif and uh, Jen Shaw. Uh, Sharif uh, has a surprise for Jen, and uh, she's always wanted salsa dancing lessons. So he has set up a salsa dancing lesson thing because you know they're they had a little bit of a rocky moment, and he wants to show how much uh, you know he loves her. I mean, this was very. I mean, Sharif gets. I love Sharif, even though a couple of people really said, hey, nobody should be walking away from a relationship for four days and not talk to their spouse mm -hmm. because he did that. But I got to say, like, maybe I'm fooled, but like I find him. I don't know. Maybe it's just that I I love inspiring things like that, you know, where I, I want to coach Sharif in my life. But he just he's I love him. You know, I feel like he just balances her out really well. It's kind of like the yin to her yang. And like, I don't I don't necessarily know if I believe that they didn't talk for four days. Yes. I feel like housewives always, you know, inflate. inflate their fights with their spouses or like things that they can protect. They, they can be like, we have, me and my husband haven't talked for a week. And it's like, well, nobody would know that because we haven't filmed for the past week. So you could yeah. just be lying and just making this into like a bigger storyline. So I think it's a little bit of like Jen playing producer and like trying to like have her own storyline here. Yeah. But I, I love Coach Sharif. I think he's he's great. Um, I I enjoyed that scene. I loved it. Gave me the similar vibes to like you know. Do you remember in Jersey when they all went to the salsa class? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And Joe Judice like got into trouble <laughs> for like calling one of the dancers like the f word or something. And yeah. Then they just it, it gave me some. I've I've gotten a lot of those like similar like scenes from like early seasons of Housewives that I did in Salt Lake, and I love like referencing those. <laughs> No, no, I love it. I mean, uh, and I, I want to also congratulate Salt Lake for not using uh, scenes that we see in a lot of housewives saying, like, they didn't go to a place where you have to break stuff. We mm -hmm. saw that and everything of like, here's a sledgehammer and you get to break oh, windows and get your I anger out. I hate that so I hate, much. 
anything like an axe throwing was a big one last year too. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, um, any of that. Uh, but anyways, yeah, they do this cute dance thing. Jen says, you know, how much I love dancing with the stars, which I feel like is a, a wink and a nod to let me be on dancing with the stars one day. <laughs> um, but basically, you know, coach Shaw and coach Shaw should be on cameo to give Shaw, uh, inspirational speeches. Yeah. He should because be. He, and he also, I just love that he, you know, you're right. It's like the yin yang thing. They balance each other out. He goes, Hey, she goes, thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for always loving me. And he goes, of course we, you know, we that know you, your family, we will always believe in you. We will always be here. And it's like, he says it with such belief and strength that I believe it. And it makes me happy. You know, he really does. And even watching like their IG lives together, I like, sit there on my phone like smiling at my phone while he's talking and I catch yeah. my and I'm like and I'm like oh my god like he he really just is so inspirational you know what it is it's 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 a little bit of uh but even better like a little bit of a Tom Sandoval energy in the sense that when he even did that dance class he was like fully in it like mm-hmm. I love people that fully participate and that do it with a smile on their face they're like I'm gonna do this to the best of my ability and this is great that we're doing this you know like I like that totally because uh, I'm not like that at all so um <laughs> So this is like, we're leading into the night. Everybody's, uh, everybody's going to get ready. We find out, uh, what stanchions mean the ropes. Um, there was a big thing of like what they call the, the theater ropes or the airline ropes. Yeah. Again, another thing that we could have done without, you know, that was like, uh, yeah, it was weird. It was, (laughs) it was weird. they, They put a lot of filler things in there. Um, so this is the night of the big opening. You guys is the big finale scene. And, uh, you know, there are cotton candy clouds. There are napkins that say messy AF, um, you know, Heather's girls all walk in. I love her girls, but Mm -hmm. they walk in with her ex-husband, Billy, which I gotta say, if you look at earlier pictures of Billy, it just looks like, it looks like Billy has seen a ghost at some point and is just haunted by something, you know, really odd. It must be the Mormon church. I it's just like he looks like he's dropped like 60 pounds, but not in a good way. Yeah, no, I, I there's definitely I feel like there's more to the story with him. Like, I don't really know what it is, but he he gives me really weird energy. Seeing scary movie three must have really freaked him out. Uh, <laughs> like, do you remember that? The scary movie three yeah, thing with the yeah. glory hole? And he yeah. was like, I, I will I will withhold sex from you for this. It's so interesting, too, that they were married because Heather on the show is so, like, overtly sexual, which I love seeing. Like, yes. Like, own your sexuality. Like, do that. And he's just so not. Like, you can tell just from his, like, stance and, like, the confidence that he has when he walks into a room that, like, he just does not like that at all. No, it's just so vivacious, so full of life, you know? Yeah. They all take a pick as a family. Um, and I got to say, Heather is so good at talking to Billy. Like, she makes it, like, not even a thing. Like, um, she's like, you know, you got to get your ex's stamp of approval on this here in Utah. <laughs> um, and he's like, I, lo-, he goes, I love it. You've done very well. Yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> even his voice is just like, we- this, this is amazing. And he goes, she goes, yeah, Billy, I knew you would like this because of your creative side. And I'm like creative side what is billy create like i do not get that vibe at all he looks like he's wearing sneakers like my grandpa wore 20 years ago you know right um but she also like this is why heather fucking knocks it out of the park every week she hits us with the i want to show my kids and and the world that i want to be defined by my successes and not by my failures and this is like man like she really inspires me no joke she really is i i loved watching her on the show and i think even watching her on like social media and like how she interacts with her like fans, like 
again, I think it's because she comes from the Bravo fandom that she understands like how important these shows are to people. And you can just tell like she's like tried and true to herself. Like, and just, I just love watching her this season. Yeah. Um, so Mary is at the step and repeat. Mary is invited, you guys, which gets even weirder in at the end scene. But she's there. Uh, she asks what AF stands for on the cocktail napkin. And she's like, is that after the fact? And they're like, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Uh, this is when the Meredith pops in with the beaded mask, which I believe this will be the last face I see before I die of just oh, like Meredith cocking. It's just so like, I'm, I know I'm an old Navy guy and they don't have this at old Navy at all, but like, this just feels like I didn't know this was fashion. I didn't know mind that this is like pre COVID. So it's not like having a mask. Like you're trying to make your mask look like a fashion statement. Like their masks weren't a thing then. Like, yeah. It's a full face mask, you guys. Mask, and it's like, what are you trying to do right now? You're not walking down the runway in Milan. You're going to a beauty lab and laser opening. Like what? It's like she looks like a stylish bank robber. You know, (laughs) Um, she's like, my glam is like protection to ward off what's coming to me tonight. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Heather's like, okay, let your freak flag fly. And then Heather introduces her as a my friend, the recent burn victim. Whitney cannot wrap her mind around this. Uh, there is a quick talking head of Meredith going, you know, this is high fashion in Utah. You know, you wouldn't. And then Whitney has two uh, COVID masks over her face and she makes fun of uh, Meredith saying that. And it's actually a really funny moment. It is um, funny. I love when Whitney did that. Whitney is a confessional gangster. Like dude, that's I, what love, I'm saying. I love her Assassin. Little, like, one-off comments about everything. I think she is so funny. Um, I, I was dying when she had the masks on and was met, mocking Meredith. It just looked, it's an iconic housewife I- image that we will see. In fact, those are so iconic that you saw like the meme world, bra- the Bravo meme world explode to the fact where I'm like, we need to sell licenses to images because I don't want certain images to burn out. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, oh, don't burn. It's like, it's like hearing a pop song so much in the first week that you ruin it for the rest of its like existence. Yeah. Like you want things to be a slow burn. And I think we're just so hungry for like good images. And that's just one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary's talking to Whitney and Meredith and she's like, miss you guys. We're like the Charlie's angels. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, Lisa comes in talking to Meredith. Lisa's like, I love the mask. Uh, but then eventually asked her to take it off to talk to her. Yeah. And then <laughs> Meredith looks annoyed and she's like, oh, you look so pretty. Um, it, it's just weird. like they, they're talking about and, and Lisa lets Meredith know that she had uh, she met up with Jen Shaw and Meredith is offended of like, this is somebody that took down my family or tried to and mm-hmm. my marriage. And you've been friends with me for 10 years. I'm a little, you know, so she's like, you can be friends with whoever you want, but I'm going to choose my own way to go, which I believe will probably be, we'll see a lot more on season two of this specific storyline between Meredith yeah. and Jen. Um, so uh, yeah, this is going, this is eventually. And then Jen Shaw shows up. Uh, of course, we get little shots of like people breathing oxygen and all the stuff that the beauty bar has to offer. <laughs> um, Heather uh, sees Jen walk through and says, I have a lot of mixed feelings as she comes through the doors. As much as I want to forget what she did, I can't. Is she here to support me or sabotage me? And this is the double-edged friendship of Jen Shaw, Heather says. Um, Whitney uh, comes up to Jen and says, Whitney always does this too. But don't you think Whitney comes up to Jen immediately and is like, I want to talk about Vegas. Isn't this what Whitney got in trouble for at Jen, at Sharif's party? Yeah, like, It's her doing the bad timing thing again. But I mean, I love it because if it wasn't for her, she's just like the catalyst. She makes everything happen. No, she's the one that 
throws herself on the grenade, but it's just funny having the same thing happen. And like Jen doesn't point that out, but it is funny because Whitney goes, you know, Whitney gets an apology out of Jen, but Jen goes in a talking head. Well, I'm just going to have to Michelle Obama my way through this. When they go low, I go <laughs> high. Jen, you are not the hero. She, Jen thinks she's the hero of this story that is being like done bad things to. Well, everybody thinks that they're the hero because then as as Heather and Jen start talking to each other and they're getting heated, then Lisa runs over and she's like, hey, quiet down. Like, this is your event, Heather. And I'm like, okay, Lisa, when did you all of a sudden be look, look out for Heather's best interests? Like, where did this come from? I mean, that's a, a purely production thing because we also at that moment got shots around the room of like Billy supposedly noticing. And I'm like, did they yeah. really notice or is this just random shots of people they put in to act like something was happening, you know? Um. Jen says, I know I'm fucked up a lot. I shouldn't have reacted that way, but, you know, I can't compromise when it comes to my family or my kids. Uh, there's a flashback to them in the dirty tubs uh, arguing. Uh, those dirty tubs still freak me out. Yeah. Whitney says, well, thank you for apologizing. That's what I was waiting for. And Jen in the talking head says, I don't even know what I'm apologizing for. Can we just get on with the evening? Um, Jen and Lisa are laughing and Meredith sees them and clocks that and doesn't like it. Heather makes a big speech. Thanks everybody for coming. Um, and this, it turns out, I think this business really is a huge success and they are making real money, which is huge. Yeah. Um, this is another, did you, okay. This next Meredith is talking to a stranger. This is like a setup scene completely. Cause it's a stranger that we've never met before. And Meredith's going, Anytime I've had bad energy around me, I've ignored it and I've regretted it. As oh, Jen <laughs> Shaw walks up. 100% that was set up by production. Jen Shaw just like slowly like creeps in the back. And then the, the guy that she's talking to is like, oh, bye. Like, doesn't Yes, even- the guy goes, well, good talking to you and leaves. Yeah. As soon as Jen walks up, he's like, peace out. And then they start <laughs> talking and, um, and Meredith is just... What did even Meredith even say to her? Like, what were they even talking about? Like, I feel like they didn't have anything to say. They just were, wanted to put them in with each other and then like see them like fight. Well, well, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like that. Jen says, first off, I apologize. I love you, Meredith. I care about you. Uh, you know, I would never try to hurt your marriage or your family. That's unacceptable. I shouldn't have, um, you know, had this discussion at all. I would never hurt you or your family. It's not anyone's business. And then there's a pause and Meredith goes, no, it is not. It's like very, <laughs> Meredith can be real creepy if she wants to, you she know? Can be. She can be. And Meredith also must be really into like hippy dippy stuff. Cause she's like, I need to protect my positive space. I don't have room for the negative. I need actions over time to prove the words are true. And Jen in a talking head says, I'm surprised Meredith isn't accepting my apology about this whole situation. I guess it's all, I guess it's made her cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, which is another thing of like, Jen, what? <laughs> Jen has the weirdest one-liners. No sense. But like, I can just imagine that's, that's the other housewife show we need is watching housewives watch the season. Like Uh I would have loved to have seen Meredith watching this scene. Like the people's couch. Yeah. And he, but here to hear the talking head for the first time, Mm -hmm. I would have loved to seen like Meredith, like what, what did you say? Um, So basically this is like when producers like throw everyone in there except for Mary Cosby, which is weird. So they're like, go, go, go. And all of a sudden Heather pops up, Whitney pops up, Lisa. And Heather is like wanting her apology now. Um, And Heather's like, we need to talk about Vegas. Um, 
And this starts this whole kind of fight back and forth of like Heather finally. And I guess this is kind of the crux of the whole season is that if you start from episode one, where Heather was very insecure about everything, remember the good time girl thing with Lisa Barlow, and we see her finally standing up for herself. And this is her big moment, her big night, and she's reclaiming, you know, who she is and what she stands for and, and really lets Jen have it. But Jen, she cannot get Jen to say specifically what she's owning, you know? Yeah, and basically is confused. She's like, I don't know what to apologize for. Like, what do you want me to say? It's kind of like they had to like spoon feed her the apology when like in reality that shouldn't have been the case. No, she know, but see, I feel like she does know, but it's one of those people like, fine, just tell me what to say. I'll say it. Yeah. Like, I, I love everybody. I want to, if, if, if it means making everybody get along, I'll say it, you know? Yeah. It's, like, I just, it's like having a child that you like need to like, all right, this is what you say. Here's how you say it. And then they say it to you. It's like, yeah, it's such a, but it's like so frustrating because it's like such an easy concept to understand. But I was like, maybe this is like why Jen's successful and I'm not that like, I would understand what I'm apologizing for. And she just refuses to admit any kind of weakness, you know? Yeah. Is Jen successful with Shaw Squad though? Like, I'm curious. I don't know. Like I, I I'm late on my dues to Shaw Squad this month. So I don't know, <laughs> but like, I don't know, like she says she runs a business and I know she spends like a lot of money and we see a lot of that on the show. I don't know what's real and what's not. I know coach Shaw, I looked up his, his salary could only be, I think it was like, a couple hundred thousand, not that that's a lot of money, but it's yeah. not like insane, insane wealth. So I don't know yeah, how that all works. Beverly Hills money. But basically Heather is a good person. Once again, is like, girl, I love you despite your behavior. Uh, this is not an equally balanced relationship, but I love you. Give me some of that whoop lip gloss. Um, <laughs> and they have a cute little moment where she's like, no, your lips are going to be chapped. And he's like, girl, give it to me. And they're going to be okay. You guys. Yeah. Um, I, th- I like their friendship. I, I hope that it stands the test of time. The reunion did make it seem like, you know, there's some friction between everybody with Jen <laughs> yes. and Lisa. So I'm interested to see how it plays out and unfolds. Cause that'll kind of set the stage obviously for season two, but yeah. definitely I hope that Heather and Jen can make it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, the, the reunion we see pre like the reunion looks lit and it's a three part reunion. OC only had two parts. So, you know, it's good because yeah. they had the same amount of episodes, you know? Um, but then at the end, they do this weird thing. Another one where they put clown music over the last scenes where oh everybody's God, yeah. like, it was like, and they were showing the clips from the whole season. As you get these things of like, Meredith has returned to couples therapy. Lisa scheduled a trip to Mexico, but won't go if it's business related. Mary's reorganizing her closet. Whitney is focusing on her skin line. Jen hired an eighth Shaw squad. Um, and that is really it for the season. And we have three more reunion episodes, which I just, I'm so excited for, but yeah. Overall, just, I mean, amazing work for a season one housewife show. Oh, totally. I think that it probably was the best season one that we've ever had in housewives history. Cause just because the production value was so much better than the early seasons and the drama, the casting, I think it was just, they really hit it out of the park. Yeah. This is how you do a show. And it also, it really, um, uh, strengthen my belief in Bravo that they still got it in them, you know, like that they can still produce, they can still make franchises grow. I think the housewives needed this. And now we're getting on the heels of real housewives of Miami coming back. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really, I think an exciting time. Do you have 10 more minutes? Yeah. 
Okay, cool. I just want to make sure you're if you're in a rush or not, or I just want to. Okay, cool. Uh, just give me like a high sign when you need to leave. I just because I could keep talking to you forever. I just want to make sure I respect your time. So totally, totally. Oh wait, also, did you get that Britney shirt from an Instagram store? No, I got it from Urban Outfitters. Okay, there's an Instagram like I got influenced uh, two years ago. They have a, a, a store that sells shirts with those logos. Oh, really? And, and I got a Doctor. <laughs> And I picked the two stupidest ones again. I got a Dr. Phil one and a Matthew Perry one in that same uh, with the big letters and the yeah, images. Dr. I mean, Dr. Phil is pretty iconic. So I get he, what you said. I didn't, but I didn't plan on there being a quarantine. So all my funny shirts don't work when it's just me, myself, <laughs> in my room. It's just sad, you know? Um, I love that. Okay, Summer House. You watch Summer House. What, uh, what are your thoughts on Summer House? Do you like the franchise? I do. I think that it, I think that Summer House actually has the potential to be like a Real Housewives type franchise in different areas of the country. I could like picture it, you know, different groups of friends all like with the same format kind of in a, in a summer house. Um, I've, I've watched it since the beginning. Like I rewatched it before the season five premiere um, last week. And I think that this cast is really good. I could have, I could do without Luke. I don't really think that he serves a real purpose on the show, um, at least for right now. Uh, but yeah, no, I love Summer House. I think it's great. Um, I've loved watching the characters kind of develop, specifically like Kyle and Amanda from like season one to, to where they are now. Um, I do think, again, they kind of need like a little bit of like an injection of more youth into their cast too, just because I can only watch like, 35 to 40 year olds like black out so often like I, I think I need like some like younger people in there and I think that's why Sierra's on the show and they're kind of trying to bring more of like youth to it but yeah I, I love it yeah I mean it was like it was it was a real happy uh, memory for me watching that show during quarantine last year and so it was very like not tons happened this episode but at the same time I was smiling throughout because mm -hmm. it's like one of those things where you're like oh I like all of these people for the most part and I'm happy to see it's like your first day back at school where you're just happy to see everybody's <laughs> like what are they wearing what are their new clothes and stuff like that and it made me like wish that like if we had known what was happening with this like we would have like if like I had done this with my friend group, you know, of like, God, oh, yeah. we should have all just like tested and went to a cabin somewhere just so we could hang out with people, you know? No, really. I I think it it's probably like the realest depiction of what quarantine is like that we're going to see on Bravo because the rest of the shows that filmed during COVID, you know, they're like probably like the housewife shows, like they're still traveling a little bit. They're like going to, you know, they're going out and like going out to dinners where like this, they're really like quarantined in their house. And I think that's, that's where we're going to probably see like where the most drama stems from in the season, obviously like the relationships and stuff like that too. But I think that this is probably like the realest depiction that we're going to see of like what quarantine is actually like. I think you need, like, I, I'm not, I don't love Luke either, but I like Luke in the sense that it kind of highlights this certain type of uh, guy that's a douchebag. Like, mm -hmm. first off, he's very good looking, but I hate good looking people that are like, I'm going to try to make myself look ugly. Like, you know, it's like Johnny Depp did this for a while back in the old days before he was like insane. He would like try to like ugly himself up. And Luke is like, it looks like Luke just glued a bunch of pubes to his face and like <laughs> considers that a beard, you know, like he could. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that Hannah could do so much better. Like I love Hannah. I think she, she came in season three. She kind of, again, like I hate to continue to reference like Sonia and Ramona, but Please. her and Paige are like a Sonia and Ramona, like tag team where 
they came in and kind of like reset what the show was going to be. Like season one and two was all about Kyle and Amanda and Paige and uh, Hannah came in and kind of made it all about them. And I love that they're kind of more of like the focal point, I guess, um, specifically in this first episode. Um, Paige, I think, is just so funny how she has like these shipments of clothes being brought to the house. Yeah. Uh, where she's walking in with like her Chanel bags and like a... a <laughs> whatchamacallit clothing rack like i was just dying at that i thought there were so many like relatable moments in here obviously not the chanel is relatable but, <laughs> yeah. but i thought it was I, I thought it was a really strong premiere too yeah i have to i mean i have to say like it, it uh hannah's biggest weakness to me is the liking of luke like mm-hmm. he's a strong woman that like inspires a lot of women with like her social media and stuff and you have this like immediately when Luke gets in the house she's like hey hey what's going on what's going on and Luke brings this new character Sierra who is a beautiful African American lady who's a nurse and a model which is just like that's my bio as well nurse and a model <laughs> and you know you know Hannah immediately does that thing where she tries to befriend Sierra immediately and even Paige and Amanda step off and they're like do you think Amanda's doing like being a little try hard right now and yeah. she totally was but like I've been in that situation where I've been the try hard, you know? Totally. And, and it makes just, it just makes Hannah even more relatable. I feel like she's just like an everyday girl that like you could like chill with. And it, that just like solidified me. It's like, okay, like she's just like any of our other, like of my friends that would do the same thing in that situation. But I also did, you, I wanted to ask you if you saw the stuff and I think it came out this morning about Sierra dating one of the producers from Summer House? Did you yeah, see that? Yeah, so Kiki, uh, Talk of Shame, who's been on the, the Kiki Monique, who's been on a couple times and is amazing, she posted on her Instagram that Sierra is potentially dating one of the producers of Summer House because she saw her post this thing and tagged this guy. She followed it down the rabbit hole, found a, uh, wound up on his IMDb page, and he was a producer of Summer House. Mm-hmm. Not the producer we talked to on the show, you guys, but a different one. And... So we don't know if it's if they started dating afterwards, if they were dating already, if it's true at all. So I guess we'll have to watch this season. But mm-hmm. I don't want a fucking girlfriend of a producer in my summer house. No, agreed. I think it really like it makes it seem more fake. Like I get yes. that some of the situations like they're they're contrived and they put people together that like wouldn't normally talk to each other. But I don't want like someone completely random coming into the house that's supposedly a friend of Luke's or hooking up with Luke that was never actually with Luke. It just makes it, I saw that and was like, no, like, please don't ruin this show for me. Like, I can't handle it. (laughs) Well, no, it really, no, I get the same way where I'm like, I feel like I don't like, you know, I don't want government telling me a lot of what to do, but I do want them to, um, I do want them to arrest reality shows that are not truthful. Like I want (laughs) them to step in and say, there has to be some element of truth or you can't call it reality shows. I need to believe this is real life. But Mm -hmm. the whole Luke scenario, like we said, is just weird. And why wouldn't he have told Hannah, if they talk every day that he knows a girl named Sierra and she's been invited to join the show? Yeah. It, like he it, was told not to, obviously. And I want to know how does Luke, how does Luke know Sierra? Like, is it through modeling? Cause she's from Atlanta. She just moved to Brooklyn. Luke lives in New York in like Manhattan. He doesn't live in Brooklyn. Like, did they meet on a modeling shoot? Like, what is their story? And like, how do they, I, I'm curious to just see, like knowing that information that I learned this morning, like I'm curious to see how they set it up like production wise, because, um, It'll just be interesting to see like what, what their reaction is to everything. Yeah. I mean, if uh, I just feel like, and also the thing that's like a little, there were a couple moments that just really felt really weird or they were told to say things in a weird way because Hannah kept hitting. 
I was in a seven month relationship with Luke and it just doesn't like, I'm like you guys, I mean, I didn't think they were ever boyfriend, girlfriend. They never had sex, but she says it's because he obviously has commitment issue or some like weird hang up uh, on yeah. his sex. Uh, we find out that he did make out with Danielle at a holiday party for New Year's Eve, which was like crazy. But then he stopped it because he said he was still uh, digging his ex. Uh, we had a fight between Lindsay and Hannah in this. I do like that Danielle's there. So Lindsay has somebody to go off with. Mm-hmm. So it's not as Paige, Amanda, Hannah. You know? Yeah, I think that that's probably why Danielle is there. Because like he really doesn't serve any other purpose. No offense to Danielle. Like, I'm sure she's a lovely woman. But Dan, like, Dan, see, Danielle's always kind of bored me. I mean, like, yeah, I, I've he never liked. Doesn't him. have any serve any purpose on the show. It doesn't bring any value except for just being there for Lindsay. I but guess. by the way, but that's but see, but that to me is a viable use of like, okay, she's a warm body, and like, well, that's <laughs> fine, you know. No, it's like it's like if they're going to be trapped, I get that you need somebody for Lindsay. You play that out mm-hmm. if you're a producer and go, okay, we're going to obviously have some Lindsay issues. Let's give her somebody, you know. Yeah, no, totally, that makes sense. Who's the hottest guy in the house? Ooh, I mean, Carl. Like, <laughs> Carl. Carl. <laughs> you guys should see his face. He's blushing, crying, happy, I mean, all the emotions. Carl just, I don't know what it is about him lately, but just everything he posts on social media, I'm like, double tap, comment, you know, <laughs> send to my friends. Do you like, do the, yes, King, yes. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, Carl definitely takes the cake. Um, you know, they're all attractive though. Like Luke and Kyle, I actually met Kyle a couple summers ago. Um, he was in Boston, like partying somewhere. I think doing like a lover boy tour. Like they do those sure. things. And I saw him out at a bar. He was really pleasant. Um, very short in person though. Like very short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he strikes me as a short guy cause he has a lot of confidence. He has a really um, Napoleon complex. Yeah, like he like yeah. really seems like to run things to a degree. Um, Carl, I like that they Carl like I so I, Carl I knew was sober, but then it comes in and says he's been mainly sober for five okay. or six months, which I guess mainly sober is congratulations. And they don't they you know show him like drinking soda like carbon you know Lacroix or something like that the whole episode. Mm-hmm. So I'm like really happy and he looks great. He like they have him. Do a couple relate. They kept kind of trolling him. They showed him hiccuping a bunch, uh, and I leave the um, the closed captioning on. So yeah. they kept showing him hiccuping, and then they had a a night shot of him in his bedroom farting, watching oh, yeah. the phone. And the captioning was like flatulence. Flatulence, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I really relate to that. That's like amazing. And uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm curious what Carl is going to, because I saw Carl wink at. Didn't Carl wink at Sierra in this episode? Well, he said that like Sierra was the hottest girl that hottest ever. Girl. Um, came into the summer house, but I've also seen, and I think it's probably them teasing us because like people want them to be together, but Paige and Perry broke up her boyfriend, obviously, and people want Carl and Paige to be together. Um, and I see them like hamming it up on social media with each other, or, like tagging each other and things. And people think that they're dating in real life right now, but like, they're definitely not. It's probably just like to drum up some viewers for the show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I mean, we saw that one line in the preview for the season of like, you know, if, if, it, if, if it was this Carl now, I would have definitely like, yeah. or, and should I have sex with Carl? I think one of the lines was. Yeah. 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 So, so they're try- definitely trying to play into that, which I would be a fan of. I would love if Paige and Carl dated, but um, no, yeah. Overall, I think the summer house premiere, I would love, I loved seeing Sierra introduced. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see like how she fits in with the group and kind of what the, the main drama is throughout the season. And I know we all know Lindsay is intense, but we do see one moment with Lindsay where she is written out on a, um, <laughs> 
a spiral notebook piece of paper the the uh the timing of her life of like 2022 like kids and the thing is like in my head i was like oh did she write that when she was in like fifth grade like when we all write our futures out and it's like Mm -hmm. no she wrote that last year like she is writing on a spiral notebook of like married and it's like you know kids and unfortunately we know she now that she broke up with uh uh strava or whatever what is steven yeah last week so that's that's done so Lindsay's intense and uh she supposedly sleeps with luke if we're we're to believe the preview so yeah i mean i I never believe the preview just because they want us to think something and then they're going to throw something else at us but i mean i would be here for her sleeping with luke a little cougar moment like go Lindsay. (laughs) <laughs> well, um, uh, so yeah, Summer House was amazing. Uh, final thing, Southern Charm, great reunion, right? Yeah, I, I I haven't watched this season as closely as I did previous seasons, but um, I think Leva, Leva? Leva, think yeah, Leva. Leva, she's another person, like another newbie to Bravo that I think killed it on her first season. She really like shook up the cast and kind of like positioned herself as like the new leader of the show I feel like and I'm I'm here for that I think that the reunion was great I'm very interested in all of this like A-Rod Eric Decker um Madison drama like I need to I need to they need to start filming like right now so that we can just like get some of that in next year yeah well that's uh you you notice this too is that like this is you you talked about this earlier and I was like we I feel like there should be something Bravo like in states where it's like guys your social media is killing us. Like we need mm-hmm. you to be off or we need to have a weekly show where we focus on your social medias because it's becoming like the show is starting to be what's outside of the show more than the show mm-hmm. yeah, across the board, exactly. you know? Totally. And it's so exciting to show that like, it's like the Bravo, it's like the Marvel universe of like, you want to believe everything is under one roof of like when A-Rod gets pulled in, you're like, oh my God, it's in the same universe. Like that's a sports guy in the Bravo universe, you know? Yeah, and then there's Kristen Cavallari and J-Lo and it's just like, it's too much to handle where like I need their, it's kind of like the meme where it's like, Andy, get a camera. It's like, Andy, get a camera like, you know, right now. <laughs> Uh, well, Hayden, you, uh, you, uh, you're just amazing. You're amazing. I know exactly why everybody loves you. Um, you have a open invitation. If you ever want to gab about anything to come back on the show, please, please, please. What is next for you? What are you, what are you up to? Just work. Honestly, I feel like focusing on my Instagram. Um, I may be, I might be launching a podcast soon. Um, I've been talking. Okay. Good talking to you, Hayden. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you when we talk to you. No, no, no. (laughs) We'd never be competitors. Don't worry. Um, I might be launching a podcast soon where we, you definitely should. You definitely Uh, should. I think it would be fun and definitely want to talk more about like stuff that we talked about today, obviously. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just really focusing on my Instagram and kind of growing that, seeing what comes of it and then kind of going from there. Take it day by day, really. Follow haters, H-A-Y-D-E-R-Z. Where else can we support you? Um, that's pretty much it. You know, I'm just a one platform guy right now, but you know, (laughs) a lot of guys are looking for a one platform guy. That's good. (laughs) Um, uh, you guys, I'll put that in the show notes as well. And if you ever need, uh, anybody filling in on your podcast, please consider me. I really, really love talking to you. So, uh, just thank you so much for doing this for us today. Uh, your, your thoughts are next level. So I really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Of course. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Watch out here. I come.
Betches.